Yes, and we are live. I'd like to welcome uh, everyone to Conversations with Brother Asar with the Maduandela Institute for the Advancement of Science and Culture. Uh, I have an esteemed panel here. Uh, we will be discussing today, we'll be discussing and critiquing the uh, Kemet on Trial debate uh, headed by the House of Consciousness and um, what's the uh, New Covenant? I think they teamed up for this debate, um, which was held in New York City on February the 8th, Sunday, February the 8th, 2015. And, um, and so the underlying issue of the, the, the whole debate um, I guess was supposed to be on issues of ancient Egyptian morality and so we'll we'll be discussing that what had happened during the debate and you know after debate post debate what's our feelings who won who didn't win things of that nature so on our panel today we have uh, two of the participants in the debate you know brother Unk with the Amara squad uh, brother Jonathan Owens also, the Amara Squad and the uh, Medjai group. We have uh, Brother Garfield uh, with us today, and we have another special guest, Brother Jordan. And everyone's going to give their opinion about what happened. And um, I just like to welcome you, brothers, uh, to the to the panel discussion. Um, introduce yourself. Say what's happening. Hey, I just like to say. What's happening to the Kings of New York? Y'all already know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Let's get that straight. You know what I'm saying? Went up there and took care of business, but we need to saw you know it, man. We need we need to go ahead and get that that final round in some kind of way, man. That rebuttal round. It kinda you know what I'm saying? You 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 know what I mean? We kinda got cheated on that, man. That's you know, man, I'm, that I'm was that was heat, man. Kinda got you know what I'm saying, yo? So but hey man. We're going to get that third round, and I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to get it in, yo. I promise you that, yo. That way we ain't got to beat no more. For, for those who are, <laughs> are, are unfamiliar with what he's talking about, um, there was supposed to be a third round, uh, either a third round or, or a third series of rebuttals or whatnot. And due to time constraints, because the event started two hours late, uh, that round could not happen. And so, um, and so, this is this is what Brother Ankh is talking about. Uh, Brother Jonathan, are you there? We yes, I am. Yeah, can can you guys hear me clearly? Yeah, I, I can hear you clearly. Clearly, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just asked, "Was I here? I'm here." Oh, okay, okay. Uh, which which uh, just um, introduce yourself um, to the <clears throat> people who may not be familiar with you. Okay, great. Uh, how y'all doing out there? Uh, in case y'all don't know, my name is Brother Jonathan. Professionally, I go by casual of the Hieroglyphics crew. But uh, doing my research, I, I'm referred to as Jonathan of the Amara Squad. Emmy Herb Magi Misha, that's just the overseer of the Magi Army or the squad, or however you want to call it. And, you know, I was one of the, the on the defense team at the debate, came in on trial February 8th. All right, uh, Brother Garfield, uh, introduce yourself. 
Hey, peace, peace. Brother Goffey here, financial um, specialist <laughs> and expert Facebook debater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell them I'm about your... You, building, man. I, tell them about your oh, channel on Blog Talk. Yeah, on Blog Talk, we just went into some serious stuff, man. You know, when you have a show and Ank don't want to talk for the whole show, you know it's a great show. Because he was silent as a mother, boy, I tell you, <laughs> for the whole show. But pretty much what it was, um, there's a no-doc program that's going on that the government has approved, and they're pushing it hard. We are, you know, If you have a 700 score and no late for 24 um, months, you can get up to um, 200,000, depending on how much your, how high your trade lines are. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good program, man. I'm signing up tonight. You know, I'm right. finishing up my application while you're talking. And I had actually had a client that got approved for 150,000 today, a relative of mine actually, Bantan Reed. <laughs> oh my God! I hate to see people get all the money and I don't get it. So hey, <laughs> I'm jumping on it tonight, man. And I and I gave it to the world today. Y'all do y'all things. Y'all want to get involved? Y'all know what the number is. Do y'all thing, you know? So that's what's going on with that, bro. I saw I missed your uh, your show. I decided to restart my computer, and it decided it wanted to do those Windows updates. And it took like mm -hmm. 45 minutes for it to even uh, to go through. So uh, I'll catch the archive. But uh, also on our panel, yeah, finally we have um, Brother Jordan. Um, you can unmute your What's mic. What's going on, guys? Peace uh, and blessing. Oh, this is a peace and black power, y'all. This is the event ringing on my my foot, uh, my phone right now. But uh, I'm not a super scholar. I'm actually a, a former music industry major. Uh, I, I do sound engineering, and studio engineer. So uh, smash, holla at me about them beats. Um, but uh, and uh, I can I can actually give Smash credit. Um, if I was to share my screen, he'd probably uh be. Real proud of himself. I'm in a Mark Vegas dictionary right now because of y'all guys. So man, uh, I'm not a super scholar. I'm I'm really new to more of the the sources of you guys' information. But the more debates I've been watching, the more I've been keeping up with the community. The more books I've been able to uh, crack open for myself and uh, start moving towards doing my own work. And uh, I'm just I'm glad to be on the panel with y'all guys, man. No problem. No problem. Smooth, yeah. smooth. Our last uh, and welcome and welcome and last minute entry, uh, brother Bujawu. We're just doing introductions. Introduce yourself, what you do, who you are, all that good stuff. Okay, um, hold up, everyone. You know, I'm 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 late. I just got got in. Um, my name is Bujawu, and um, I own Planet Earth. And uh, no, nah, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but um. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm an independent researcher, you know, um, focusing on uh, comedic culture traditions and uh, more currently uh, focus on the language and yeah. trying to get more people into the language in order to have a window opening into the mind and the uh, tradition and culture of Kemet itself. So that's pretty much uh, where I'm at, you know, in brief. Can right, I add easy. something real quick before you go? Sorry, we should all share the link. I'm not in front of my computer, but if we all took time to share the link, we would get a better viewing. That's all I'm. I'm going to do it when I get in front of my computer as well. Hey, y'all, y'all, y'all. I've I've shared the link, and so y'all, if if y'all can, you know, uh, continue. Um, before moving uh forward, 
Um, I would I would like to get uh, the opinion of not necessarily the participants at this moment, but just the the, the people who was who was either there <coughs> watching or watched via um, YouTube or something or wherever they, it is that they stream from. What was your opinion? I want to um, start off with Brother Jordan. <laughs> uh, my take, my take on the on the debate. Um, I started watching it on the Town Zone live stream. So one of my main takes is that that live stream did not go as well as it could have went. Um, <laughs> but that that's 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 not my main complaint. Um, mm. I, and I know a lot of people complained about that frequently, but that's not my main thing. What I took from the debate is. Uh, mainly, I know that the, the Hebrew Israelites would roll with the common claim, you know, that we depend on white scholarship, you know, for all of our information. And I just loved beyond everything that that was that was being debunked and, uh, and being done away with in the conscious community. Um, I like how Divine Prospect came up and uh, presented his info. Um, everybody saying Shaka didn't defend his book, although Shaka didn't defend the book verbatim. In my opinion, and I will buy the the the, uh, the debate on DVD to see it more vividly. But even though he didn't uh, defend his book verbatim, he definitely defended the stance that the book took, especially when he dropped that seal of Hezekiah with the two onks on it. Um, Jonathan dropping that high science on the uh, on the Kundalini or on the on the on the spinal science, I thought that was fly. Um, showing how it moves from the bottom of the spine all the way to the uh, to the crown of the head of the pharaoh. I thought it was just real fly how all of the claims was just being done away with like water. Um, that that was really my take on it. And I I, I seen we 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 really using sources out here. I, I think we'll we'll eventually maybe in another decade we'll eventually inspire our brothers to read more than the Bible. Or maybe divine prospect will inspire them. But I, I, that's that's my take on the debate. It was just a a, a flush. A flush of information from the comedic side. All right, brother uh, Garfield. Well, I'll, wait, I'll, I'll skip you for a moment. I'm gonna go to brother Wajawu. Brother Wajawu. Okay. I know you were there, brother Garfield. So I'm gonna get you. You have a different take. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother Wajawu. Okay. Um. Well, I, 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 um, I, I wouldn't describe that as a debate. Um, number one, and you know, I, I, I've, I've been standing on a, on a certain position from day one, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, I haven't seen anything that makes me change my stance on the overall atmosphere and, and the, and the, the whole vibe of that setting. I, I wouldn't call that a debate, but I, I'm not saying that to say that it's, that it's like negative or anything like that. I just, I just wouldn't call that a debate just from my background, and I know how <laughs> debates should run, how it should be moderated. And the questions asked, and and you know the procedures about debating, but um, but I, I do feel that that at this particular um, event, that a lot more information was um, shared, and I think that the audience, which is probably the most important part, the viewers and the audience, I, I think they really really walked away with um, some some new uh, information and a new way of looking at how to actually approach information because the 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 brothers on the comedic side, Amara Squad, Majai, um, definitely showed um, composure. They were more it was more professional on that side than from the Hebrew side. And 
Um, definitely a, um, a display of showing primary uh, documentation. Hey, Michelle, what's up? So I think somebody else's mic is up. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it was I think it was very good. I think the I, I think that it was a very right. good um, teaching you. session between uh, the brother polite. How much you want to say you do it? Uh, let me mute his mic. Uh, his brother Garfield. Oh okay. Let me clear that. Let me clear that. Let me clear that. Let me clear that. Yeah. Garfield um, trying to get his uh, two hundred thousand k. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I mean, my my take on it. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how far you want me. I don't want to get long winded unless we want to, you know, start picking different things apart. But over, okay, overall, uh -huh. um, like I said, I wouldn't call it a debate, but the event, I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people learned. They had opportunity to learn some things. The unity was there. The energy, especially the emotions, the energy was there, and you know, the um, the overall vibe was definitely good. I think that the in comparison, it's, it was really, really clear that the comedic side had a lot more professionalism and a lot more um, scholarship than the Hebrew side, which was doing a lot of yelling and interrupting and things like that. And they were really, really reaching. You could tell that they were operating off of just assumptions, just just a real hastily or, or rushed, um, you know, opinions about different things. So. You know that's 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 it. As far as my as far as who won that particular um, showdown, def, I mean it's. I think I think you had to be a fool to think that the Hebrews won. So, um, All right. you know, that's uh, my brother Garfield. Unmute your mic. Uh, what what was your take? Well, my take my take personally is that the whole thing when I got there first of all. I asked Divine Prospect, I said, is there any internet in the building? Because I had my, my iPad and I had my laptop with me. Mm -hmm. And plus I was on Google Hangouts on my phone. And so I'm trying to charge different things and get everything going and everything. But the thing was, I sat under where GOCC was, all in people. I was sitting in the front row. So mm -hmm. that's where I was. And I didn't realize that was the Hebrew side. <laughs> so I just moved from the Hebrew side to go sit on the. I said, I ain't sitting here with a bunch of these people in these white outfits. I'm good. I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's the, that was one of the main problems with the whole debate, the time factor, because a lot of people came in early, and the place was almost pretty much full, and it was almost like 1:30 in the afternoon. So we, I, I had to sit there for two hours. And watch GOCC scrum running around trying to get their stuff together. So really, GOC, who was probably responsible for the internet, they they caused a lot of problems, man. And then on top of it, their delivery and what they put out to us was was garbage. I mean, you guys could be nice all y'all want. I'm not a part of the squad. I can't be political tonight. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm telling like it is. I'm telling it straight up. Their their information was garbage. Yes, they brought up some stuff about the book. And it wasn't even important anyway. But Shaka killed them. Shaka murked them. He murked them, period. He did something, as I said before, that nobody else has ever really done, is tying Kemet and, and Judah and Israel without the Bible. He did that very well. So as far as that section, Shaka took that. There wasn't even an argument. Then you had the, the, um, the intro with, um, with, with um, the guy that was reading the charges. It was just ridiculous. You know, but uh, my whole thing is the whole rush, the whole rush thing with the debate. That kind of messed up the whole thing with the debate. The time, the time factor. You know, I never got to see you, brother. 
I never got to see Sanjetti. I was mad. I ain't get to see Ant give his whole whole thing. I ain't get to see Jonathan do his entire thing. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of we kind of lost out. It, Devon Prospect sounded like a, a you know an old um cassette tape from the 80s when you press fast forward. That's how the brother sound. Come on, man. It's ridiculous. But anyway, I mean, thank God you guys came anyway. The Magi came in and did their thing and 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 you know kind of cleaned up a lot of the mishaps and so forth. So. You know, thank God for Jonathan and, and Ang pointing out certain things, but I'm sure I would love to see you guys do a lecture. Like I told Nazi today, I said, I would love to see you guys just sit down and, just, you know, make a presentation and then you make a presentation and, and then just do it that way instead of like more, and less of a debate type of atmosphere, you know? That's more of like an educational, trying to teach people type of stuff. But pretty much, you know who won already. There was no, there was no doubt. And I guarantee you, you know who won? Whenever you hear somebody say that, they want a rematch or they need to get more information out and complaining and complaining, you know they lost. And <laughs> they are all over, oh, oh, Zion Lex didn't get to, I don't know, Zion Lex, I know him personally, I don't think he was going to bring nothing that was going to affect much change. But yeah. at the end of the day, if they're complaining about, I didn't do this, I didn't do this, you know they, they kind of lost. They lost. <laughs> they lost. That's the bottom line. But I wish everybody had got the opportunity to put out their information so we could all learn. You know what I'm saying? We could learn from each other. And that was the problem. The organization was just a bad factor. But that's about it. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I see Oba was in, but he uh, left for a second. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll chime back in. And so it looks like Brother Unk stepped away um, from his computer. So I'm going to go to Brother Jonathan. I have some more commentary, but I, you know, I wasn't trying to be long-winded. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was just getting preliminary. At this point, I'm just getting preliminary, um, you know, uh, feel for the debate. What was their overall, you know, uh, opinion of the debate? And then after that, after everyone is given that, then we're just going to get into the details of the debate. So, um, brother Jonathan, uh, if you're there uh, as a participant. You know, of the debate as as one of the the main debaters. You know, what was your overall opinion of what went down that night? Uh, I don't know if I have a clear line because it was kind of breaking up when you were talking. Can y'all hear me clear? I can hear you clearly. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, you know, just like you said, being a, a one of the debaters, I guess I might have a different view. But I had my grandest intentions on coming into this debate humbly and hoping that they spent some of this time over the past year looking into some of the stuff that they brought forward. Obviously, I was shocked when I learned to find the parameters of the the time, the time frames or what have you. Uh, I thought we would have like an hour each to lay out our, you know, whatever our cases were, but somehow it was different when we got there. And out of all of the slides I, I had prepared, even a lot of the claims that they had addressed, I felt it would be kind of most important to put out some of the stuff because their most damning stuff all pertain to uh, misinterpretations of what that one tune we brought for us, which was the Aret, or, you know, that's just Egyptology speak, but it's like uh, the Aret, which they labeled as the anus, and so like, like we brought forth in the debate. Uh, it was very good to clear that up because that's like an umbrella over top of most of their 
claims when they come to this conclusion that it was some type of sexual deviance going on. And so now we can go back in detail and look over each one of those claims, including their most damning one, which they thought was most damning, Pyramid Text 1036. But when we start to get into the knowledge of that, we'll see that uh, everything we put forth at the debate applies. So as far as what I got to do, I felt kind of limited in, uh, in my ability to speak and present, kind of rushed. But as far as what the Hebrews did, you know what I'm saying, I really expected more of them. I thought that they would have uh, done a little bit more work, and I kind of feel like we was overprepared and, uh, for the debate. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I still don't see Brother Unk. Um, you know, I know he was dealing with his children in the back. Uh, but Brother Oba has stepped in. And so, uh, Brother Oba, I know that you were watching uh, via live stream. Uh, if you can hear us, and you know, un I'll unmute your mic. Um, you know, give us your opinion on the, uh, the debate. Uh, greetings, Hotel. What's up? Um, no disrespect to the brother Polite. I think uh, a lot of people were expecting a whole lot more on Marasqua, Um I, I, I like the brother, but I wanted more learning. I wanted more facts, more studying. It seems like it was about four hours of theatrics before we got down to the meet. And um, I think a lot of people were disappointed. Simply because we felt like it was an Amon Ra Squad event, and it ended up being something else. Other than that, I believe that it was a it was like a landslide win. All right. My bad. My bad. Trying to adjust some um, things over here, but um. <laughs> Oops, excuse me. Here we go. Got to get this pit bull out of the way. Um, so I guess Brother Unk ain't coming through just yet, but um, I guess we can just round rob it for now. I mean, I want to make a announcement to anybody who's watching. If you are watching via the uh, Google Hangouts link, uh, there should be a a button at the top of the or a link at the top of the. Uh, screen or whatnot that says question and answer. If you have a question and a or a question for any one of the panel members, please type your question there. I'll be able to see it, and I will ask them directly um, for you know an answer to your question. So again, if you're if you are watching directly from the um, the uh, Google Hangouts link. Um, and it should be, regardless if you're directly on YouTube as well, it should say question, it should say Q&A uh, next to the live button. And you, you hit that and you can type in uh, any question you would like and it will show up on my end uh, on this side. So um, <clears throat> so what, what, what would be your critiques, um, and this just goes to anybody, and anybody can chime in, what would be your critiques of the, uh, the event itself? And the information presented on on both sides. Um, it's just because there was—I mean, I guess we've been saying it time and time again. Because there was such a lack of scholarly perspective or perspectives 
on the Hebrew Israelite side and a lack of sources, it just made the Kemetic side seem so overly prepared for the event. It kind of it kind of almost made it like you know it was a setup. But it, I, I really don't know how to, it was just such a, it was such a, a, a lack of information on one side of the event that it made it seem so one-sided. Uh, I, and I guess the, the time discrepancy as we, as we all shared, um, a lot of things should have just been found out ahead of time. Well, my, my, my critique of the actual mechanics of the, of the event itself, uh, I kind of echo what um, Brother Garfield was saying. And uh, brother Jonathan, as far as time, that was definitely not enough time. When you when you're dealing with, um, it was supposed to have been a debate. But when, you're, when you're dealing with a debate with multiple topics or multiple quote unquote charges, uh, there has to be a lot a lot of amount of time to address it on both sides, and that just wasn't available. So at the end, it was rushed, and. Um, and you can't you can't learn you can't you can't you can't learn anything you can't it's it's unfair to the audience and it's unfair to the participants to uh, rush through their PowerPoint you know you got people who are skipping PowerPoint skipping PowerPoints and and you feel rushing and it, it, it kind of throws off your whole presentation so so I think that um, even even with people's opinion uh, as it is right now there but there was still probably some information that the Hebrew Israelites could have presented and, and they weren't able to just as well as the comedic uh, um, side so I think that that was a, a big problem um, so my, my critique is definitely on the whole mechanic the whole the event itself the mechanics of the event it, it wasn't done it wasn't um, it started late and it just wasn't organized to me it was it was disorganized and like I said, I you know I'm used to what a, a real debate with moderation. So even even if I take that away, it, it's still to me the event itself, well, for whatever it, we could call it, to me it wasn't it wasn't organized. So that's my we opinion. We probably would have had a more we probably would have had an illusion of a more even running event. I think, and this is just my opinion. I think if they would have intro with Divine Prospect as much info as he had. I think if they would have intro with him, we would have had the illusion of having a more even running event at least. My whole my whole thing is this, man, is that when the brother made the intro, I'm saying to myself that what is really the charges? Even in the case with Shaka, mm -hmm. if this book was on trial, why would you bring up his lock first and then exactly. spend ten more minutes in the second round talking about nothing to do with his book? And then that was something that just, yeah, it, 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 it threw me off because I'm hold on, thinking, hold on, if hold on, if, hold on one second. I hate to interrupt y'all, brother Ishmael Bay. If you are listening in the audience, the um, I sent the link to you in your inbox on Facebook. Uh, for some reason, we aren't friends, so it may be in your spam box. So if you're listening, look into your spam box. I can't type to you directly, so I had to interrupt. And say this uh, publicly, there but you uh, there you go. All righty, I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, but before y'all go, uh, introduce yourself, brother Ishmael. Peace, peace to the family. I'm uh, definitely uh, want to salute all of the family. Uh, all of you brothers did an excellent job, and uh, just want to give greetings, peace, and, and greetings to everyone. All right. Peace, peace, peace. Yes, brother. Peace. Yes. Oh, 
Peace. Uh, I'm sorry I interrupted y'all, but go ahead. Uh, whoever was talking last. Yeah, I was saying that the, the whole the whole thing with 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 what's the the agenda? Because remember, people in the audience, we don't know what type of dealings or negotiations went on behind the scenes. I even had to ask, and today was there a, a subject matter? I, I didn't know. I didn't get that feeling. I mean, and it's a shame. That's not even a biased statement because when the brother came out and said that these are the charges, you got to say these are the charges, man, and say, listen, this is the charge. Number one, number two, number three, and then when you're making a case, I made a post today, and everybody's mad about it. But if you go to a traffic court or to court, period, and somebody's a witness, you <laughs> you don't that. you don't allow you don't allow hearsay. The person got to come here and testify. So if you're going to put up glyphs, you got to put it up there because Hebrews can't read glyphs. As a matter of fact, 99.9% .9 of the people in there can't read glyphs. So you're going to say, oh, this says this. So whose word are you taking? So then you complain about white scholars, and then you use Herodotus, who don't even know who the hell a Jew or a Hebrew is. How are you going to complain and then use scholarship that contradicts your whole being? He don't know who you are, and you're going to use him against Kemet. That don't make no sense. How and, a Hebrew going to be right, us and he don't know what a Hebrew is? It's, it's a very good point that you make, brother, and, and it made things even more complicated. It was like this. It was really a, an attempted setup uh, of Amin Ra squad as a whole, brother. What happened was mm. they, they, put in, they, they made an agreement that not only were we not able to see any of the charges as they were being uh, uh, given against us, they refused to allow us to use the Internet in order to lifetime even defend ourselves. That's the equivalence of walking into a ring, handcuffed, and just letting somebody tee off on you. And mm. We were so confident we would have everything covered, either on the on the on the lifetime or the books that we would bring, or be able to shoot access to information to one another. You know, they had the A side on this on this fight, if you was looking at how a Mayweather would fight, but now we on the A side and they're gonna be on the B side in anything, any arena that we ever enter again. Well, we had to agree to everything. The other people had to deal with the promotional stuff, so it cut <clears> to <throat> our money of trying to help one another. You know, we had to come up with creative ways to even try to finance our own trip. So everybody was at an advantage as opposed to Amara Squad walking in there and not even given the equipment to defend ourselves against blind charges. Mm -hmm. he, he's so right. I mean, he, he couldn't have said that. He said that like a great lawyer. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is when you see we out here, uh, well, but let's just keep it 100 and let's just get to the meat and bones. I know everybody's seen that one uh, video where Nazi made some condescending remarks or disparaging remarks about uh, the Magi coming and doing this for uh, small wages, or he said something to that to that regard, which is all really uh, kind of like behind the scenes information. But he really kind of we kind of made an agreement to all accept one thing across the board, the Hebrew side and that side. And he had some situation that uh, sort of protruded what he needed or what have you, and so it, he, you know, it worked out for him. But yeah, he got in the public and. Use that uh, uh, like as if in a bad way. Well, anyway, speaking of what Brother Ish has done, we we knew I knew I could make that concession one because I knew we had uh, that monetary concession that what I would receive because one I knew we could gain the support of the people. 
you know what I'm saying, and bringing forward uh, monetary support and helping the Amara squad get there. So most of what we seen actually was funded on the uh, Magi Research Fund, you know what I'm saying, as far as putting forth on getting Brother Ankh there, putting forth on, uh, you know, lodging room and board and even a lot of the uh, tools that help my presentation look a, a bit more state-of-the-art than theirs. All the way down to the Zulu Warrior Security being there, as I put forth before word, that that was all something we would use this research fund to do. So in actuality, me knowing what Nazi wound up with and what we generated, I generated humbly three times more than what he had walked away with anyway uh, off the support of the people. So really in knowing business and knowing what we're doing, that's not the, in the future, that's not a good move for any of us to make to try to disclose uh, things like that. And furthermore, all you're doing is showing your lack of business prowess and etiquette and everything else. Can I answer that real quick? But Go right ahead. What I, what I, what I wanted to say, uh, added to that, uh, I know from your perspective, it would be, you know, the actual people involved in the debate, you know, exposing monetary information. From my perspective as an observer, uh, I I paid for the live stream, and when I seen it go up on YouTube, and you know it got around the time where I I think Polite was asking for like fifty dollar donations. So many people had so much to say, and I just want to say this to to the to the YouTube family or to the Watcher family. Uh, as a part of y'all, half of y'all waited until Sinetter threw the stream on YouTube to watch. Y'all didn't pay for the live stream. So for y'all to be complaining about business out there, y'all don't donate, y'all don't support, y'all don't do nothing, that's terrible. And that shows you don't support a dollar surround, a, a dollar circulating in the black community so that we can really get a, a, a sense of currency and, and political stature or status. It, it's, well, it's, it's backwards and a contradiction. Uh, I can say something to their defense. Being at the event, and I mean, honestly, that happened. My wife purchased the stream, and and same thing happened. It wound up on YouTube, and but whatever. This is in the defense of the business, not not to go too deep into what happened. But they had complications. Uh, they had complications with those feeds uh, mm -hmm. that people had paid mm -hmm. for, and, and the only way that people who did pay could have witnessed the rest of the debate uh, as a last turn minute troubleshooting. They had mm -hmm. to find a way to get the stream to people who had paid for the event. So it was right. really the people who had paid for the event who received the email about the YouTube. And mm -hmm. that, some of them were the ones who shared it with the public and made it uh, open and free. It would have really still been only disclosed to those people who received it via uh, email as a concession when the other streams fell off. So that's all I can say, I mean, as far as that's concerned, because I, I was just a, a participant in the debate, but I right. did get to witness some stuff that I could say in the brother Sinetta and uh, Life's defense. All right, mm -hmm. hold on one second, hold on one second. Uh, we have a question from the question and answer app. Um, was This is from Samo Damo. Um, this is, he asked, or she asked, uh, was the time constraint known before or after <coughs> the break period? I know it was stated the vendors needed the money, but 30 vendors versus time constraint. Um, being there, I don't think it had anything to do with the vendors. As we stated earlier, there, as, as uh, Brother Jonathan just stated, there was technical difficulties on, on two fronts. One dealing with the live stream, and then one dealing with the projector to project the presentations. And because of those two things going on at the same time, 
the the event was delayed up to two hours. But um, just because of the event started two hours late, the venue itself, you know, they could care less, you know, uh, and so you, we had to be out of there at a, a specific time, and so that's where all the rushing and stuff came as a result. So the the technical difficulties as it regards the uh, live streaming and the uh, the projector. I think they had to go off. Polite had to go off and get another projector because their projector wasn't working. Um, and so you know that that forced everyone to kind of rush through their their uh, information. And it and as a result, even though we had a little bit of time extended, um, it still wasn't enough for us to have that third and final round that we were supposed to have. Um, anybody else has any more information on that? I think I think the um the, the, the um what you probably left out was the whole Wi-Fi thing. That was major. The Wi-Fi thing, the fact that I believe whichever camp was responsible for the Wi-Fi, that was a problem because if you don't have no internet, nothing can happen. And I yeah. think that's the, the Wi-Fi setting up. It, it took so long. That's really where the um the, the, the most of the time was being taken up. The Wi-Fi wasn't available. And if the Wi-Fi is not available, you can't do a live stream. You can't go on the internet. You can't do nothing. And a lot of people do their 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 um their presentation from the internet too. I think Brother Jonathan needed the internet, and that's that that's crazy. So without yeah, no that's internet, crazy. Them guys didn't even want to agree to that. But see, listen. Yeah, because the internet now, see, the internet was there though. If the internet had started, because majority of the crowd, 90 percent of the crowd was there before one thirty. The crowd was there. I mean, people was outside from, 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 I mean, it was crazy. So at the end of the day, the time, the people was there early and Polite made a speech saying, you guys are here early, so we're going to try to set up earlier so that we could start earlier. And it ended up that they started much later <laughs> than when, so bear in mind, you know, this is 1.30 and they were supposed to start, I think, 3.30. And they never started until like later on. 2 o'clock. Two o'clock. Was it supposed to start at two or, or two thirty? Um, I think two thirty. I think. The door was supposed to open at two. two. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't but know. Man, but, was about to all say I know it was full. But um, see, you know, that 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 kind of thing to me that that's the kind of work that I I've done professionally for years. Uh, you know, audio visual person. That was that was me. And just knowing what I know and doing what I do, or I used to do, that's something. Those type of things shouldn't happen especially at an event like that, especially where people are paying and if people are paying at the door and people are paying uh, online and things like that. That's something that you, you, you go through a dry run beforehand. You, you troubleshoot things. You check things out prior to. Um, you go through a rehearsal. E even if you can't get inside the venue itself or as far as the equipment itself, you know, th things should have been uh, – I mean, you know, not, not knowing the players and who who's responsible for what, so I'm not trying to um, – you know, dog anybody out, but I'm just saying overall, like, you know, things like that should definitely have been handled a lot better, especially when it's involving taking, um, you know, funds, you know, because, you know, people get angry, and, and we, did, we saw what happened. Things were rushed, and people will complain, and so on and so forth. So we got to do better. I'm just, I guess I'm just saying, as far as that goes. Black, Black African Power family, can I add something to that real fast? Go ahead. Hey, we've been waiting on you for two hours. Brother Ish, what's good, brother? <laughs> Peace, brother. Uh, how you doing, Kate? Hey, look, let me tell you something, man. 
the ancestors were strong. And let me tell you why. The Hebrews tried everything in their power. They, the internet wasn't there because the Hebrews didn't want the comedic side to have access to the internet. Right? That was first of all, right? They was in charge of all that. Okay? So from the start, in their attempt, right, to, to stop outside from having access to the foolishness they was going to bring, right, they banned the internet. Forgetting that you need the internet, you know what I'm saying, to live stream. The most ridiculous thing ever. It was almost like Yahweh hardened their heart or something crazy like that. <laughs> All right? So in their attempt, right, to cut the rounds, stop. And look, the timekeeper was a Hebrew Israelite. Cheating on the time. The last round, they, when they got their last chance and spoke and put on them people for 25 minutes, and then the vibe prospect came in for another 15 minutes, we were supposed to have the same time. So at the end of the day, they did all they could do, right, and still lost that, right, because the information was too, too, too well put together and documented. The funny part is the real documentation, only one person really got to put 75% of this presentation in, and that was Smash. I got to put 25% in. I saw got ran off the damn mic, right, and Sinjeli never got a chance. Imagine how that would have went. Right? Thank goodness for Shaka, he got a chance. But only Shaka, Shaka used, be honest with you, he used some of our squad material, a saw Hotep material, Sinjati material, and some of his research. So mm -hmm. we was always in the building at all times. But it was funny how they killed themselves. They just ran into each other, they made a mockery of themselves, and, and it was just crazy. I just wanted to make sure I say that. <laughs> they had everything going in their favor. Power Ranger outfits, the whole nine yards. One thing particularly that was sad about it to me was the fact that they went through all of that hell. Just to show that, for instance, they, they, they got good, you know what I'm saying, scholarly, you know, some scholarly good, some, some good scholarly habits. But then they turn around and throw, throw it in the trash. Like when Awana Sap went, went up there and defined, you know, what the lock meant, mind you, uh, uh, Shaka and I already went through on a live stream. He said, you know, that my lock means it's, it's a sign of youth. For him to go up there and say that and be like, so so you a child tonight. You know, it's like you turned around and turned that information into a joke. And the whole point of having this platform and this forum so we could bring some decorum and some respect in, and some higher re uh, respect level to our scholarship. So for him to do that, it's like you taking this for granted, man. Yeah. The, the first yeah, that was, sign. That was something consistently. The, that the was first sign. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. Oh, I, I was just saying that the first sign that you, you have lost the debate is when you default to ad hominem. And so for them to start off the debate with ad hominem attacks let you know from the gate that they were losing. And it didn't even start yet. And so, um, you know, as he said, the, the, the spirit of the ancestors was there. But before I let anybody else speak... Um, I want to make sure that everyone uh, gets a chance to speak. So uh, we have one drop. I think this is Brother Khufu. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's good, Asar? Peace, peace. Um, what, what what was your take about the uh, the event? Um, uh, the event. It was very entertaining. I might I might say so myself. <laughs> I was very entertained. Uh, it wasn't boring and drawn out, and uh, you know that was very entertaining. You know, uh, as far as scholarship, 
Uh, I could say the only scholarship that I did get from the Hebrews was that goddamn condom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I, I Where they got that from? I, I don't understand what the what the whole point was. All you did was prove that the ancient Egyptians even invented condoms. So you you added more you added more evidence to the primacy <laughs> of ancient Egypt. They was making. <laughs> I, I was I was just about to touch on that same exact topic. Uh, I I'll mm -hmm. let the one drop continue, but I was just about to to deal exactly with that topic right no, there. Go ahead, brother. Ish. Yeah, go ahead. Ish. Salam alaikum to you. Well, like the salam family. I, I was right. just gonna touch on it that. Uh, unfortunately, they walked in with this 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 Beavis and Butthead kind of mockery kind of vibe about them, and and they missed out on on giving such partial information. Like for instance, with the condom situation, there was mm -hmm. nothing offensive about condoms being in Egypt. That's not even offensive. But they, you know, the 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 use of condoms in Egypt were for multiple reasons. One was for disease. Another one was for customary and costume-like reasons. Another one was for actual protection from the sun, from either sunburn or from sand. There were multiple reasons that they even had condoms at the time. And even the condom of itself was not offensive. But yet they painted it as if, see, they was protecting themselves from dirty diseases and anal sex. and They, they took it somewhere completely left being on this whole just just an entirely different vibe. Nothing academic about it at all. So even the truth of what they were putting up there was only a partial truth that they kept on harping on over and over again on various different topics. That's what I wanted to say. Alright. Uh, just again, uh, for those who are listening, uh, if, if you are watching live and you are either watching from the Google Hangouts link or uh, from YouTube, there should be a little uh, icon towards the top of the screen that says Q&A. If you have a question for anyone who is on the panel, please uh, hit that app button and ask your question. It will show up on my right side on the control panel and I will ask on your behalf uh, your question. Uh, but I'm sorry, who who's about to speak? Yeah, I just wanted to say something that, I, you know, backing up a little bit, I think the entire event, like I said, I don't call it a debate, and I don't call it a debate for the very reasons that everybody, you know, is, is mentioning on the panel. That really, really, I think that the Amara squad, Majai, uh, and the Kemetic side period did the Hebrew Israelites a, a favor and gave them a barakat, a, a blessing to, to really allow them the platform to attempt to stay relevant in 2015 because obviously they, they didn't come to to offer any scholarship. They came with the ad hominems. They came with an improper uh, debating uh, procedure and method. They, like like uh, like you all were saying, they, they didn't even want to um, present the so-called charges at first or, or ever. I don't, I don't even know if y'all ever got the charges. And then on top of that, they tried to ban the uh, the ability to to rebut uh, as far as the internet goes and stuff. So so it was it was a setup from the beginning. The scholarship was poor. So really, the comedic side did them a favor to even to even give to even address them to even give them some attention. So that that's my that's my overview that that really they should be thankful. They should really be thankful that 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 we're even talking about them right now, still in 2015. Because we like the Super Bowl was about a week ago, and once the Super Bowl is over, about a week after that, everybody stops talking about it. 
So usually after after this took place, maybe people stop talking about the Hebrew Israelites because y'all you know y'all y'all really did them a favor. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I have a uh, I want to get y'all opinion about this. Now this is this is a critique on both sides uh, that that I observe you know um, watching the events, and that is uh, at at two moments you know uh, two presenters in my opinion. I think offended the audience. Uh, the first time was Brother Shaka when he was talking about none of y'all in here are anthropologists, none of y'all here da 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 da, uh, insulting the audience. First, you know, I believe that you don't know everyone who's in the audience and what their educational background is um, to even make that statement. Um, but then the second one was Brother, uh, what's his name, Hashar? Um, when he was yeah. basically calling the audience a fool for, uh, I guess, giving props and deverence to the uh, comedic side for, you know, um, I think this was shortly after Polite did the, the dramatic um, trip to Egypt yeah. uh, a video or whatnot to this nature. But, you know, what was... what? Did y'all catch that? You know, yeah. what, is, what is your opinion? Let me say something to that and to a few other things in that regard. Uh, being right. a performer, you know, and, I, I, and having a stage presence and all that, I know a few things that I've seen exploited. If you notice, I never turn my back on the crowd. Why would I do that? I've been rocking mics for years. I'm not going to turn around and be staring at I'm just going to read it off my computer, stay squared up with the crowd. It's part of engaging people. Furthermore, you spoke to uh, not putting nobody on your side uh, against you, but yet, knowing I, me personally being witty and knowing how to walk that fine line is half the reason why I put forth that uh, little small introductory presentation about uh, incest in the Bible because I wasn't using it to use it against them. I was using them to rile them up against the abomination and then to say ultimately, but y'all wasn't with that, right? So I secretly was endearing some Hebrews to my, my argument, you know what I'm saying? But uh, speaking directly to the things like uh, condescending on the crowd and uh, just having the assumption that you can either punk the crowd or you can do any of those type of things, those are uh, good ways to wind up getting booed whether they boo you out loud or not. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how I feel. Yeah. I, me personally. Oh, go ahead, brother. Go ahead, Jordan. Oh, uh, well, me personally, I, I thought, like, what you said was Shaka. Um, I was wondering if I was the only one, actually, who had caught that. I'm like, <laughs> why did he feel the necessity, especially with the information that he brought, why did he feel the necessity to say that no one in the crowd was anthropologists or this, that, and the third. They're coming to learn from you. So, I mean, that that being said alone, of course, they may not be the anthropologists from which you get your sources or the, the, his, the, histor the history people or the curators, whoever it may be. Of course, they, are there, they may not be these people. They've come to learn from you. So I thought that was uh, unnecessary. I thought that was very unnecessary. Um, the way Hashar stood like where the projector was projecting and was just like ask them ants about disease and I thought that was crazy. It was it was a lot of, you know, coonery, I guess, as we would commonly call it going on. A lot of unnecessary stuff. Like for, for him to even say that. You know, and, and just to back it up a little bit, like I guess I think what what happened too, the mistake was made by 
the Hebrew Israelites that they thought they was debating a bunch of sensationalists. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because if you notice the premise, like even before the debate, the premise of a lot of their arguments would be, so if Egypt was so great, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Well, if you don't have disease, we don't have, you know, medicine, you know, <laughs> point blank period. You don't have doctors. You know, if you don't have people breaking the laws, then you don't have lawyers. You don't have society without negative and positive. It's not just positive in a society. And I think because they thought they was they was debating sensationalists, it, it turned a lot of stuff, you know, just it was it, it wasn't all that it wasn't all that great. Things could have been a little more classy, you know what I'm saying? And and like you said, the offending of the crowd didn't have to happen. People being made to feel like they're fools after they paid to come see you, they just put money in your pocket. You call them a fool? Come on. Can I say something right quick? Go ahead, brother. Um, I think um, dealing with New York City, that that's typical. That's the way Israelites talk to anybody when they're standing on the street corner. And they got the, that's, that's normal. And Shaka is from Harlem, and I think Shaka is trying to step it up, beef it up a little bit. So he's 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 pretty much doing what he sees everybody else does. Cause Sarnetta would turn around and, and talk crap to the crowd too. So I think that's pretty much New York City. I'm gonna talk how I talk, you know. That's what we see from that. Hmm. My opinion. And 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 also uh, further that I think a lot of what we do within this this community itself is is on the job training. Uh, there were some some of the things that I was trying to impart to Brother Tahuti uh, of mistakes that he was making with, with Brother Dr. Wesley for when he had to face up with with Brother uh, uh, Dr. Ali Muhammad. You know, so when he had come to me about some of the things to do, I was just trying to give him some tips from from formal you know d debate or public speaking, and the things that he was applying. I think he was better. A better presentation of of the information that he wanted to share with the people. So a lot of the a lot of times pressure bust pipes. So when we're nervous, we get hype, you know, and we express that in different ways. And 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 that's what you see sometimes in these in these debate forums. A lot of times when you have a whole room full of people, people react differently. And Jonathan's the MC. He understands he understands the whole vibe of how to read the crowd, the things to do and the things not to do. But in our community overall, it's on-the-job training. I'm positive that a brother as bright as Shaka will look at himself and then correct certain things that he could say, man, I could have did that better because that's what Tahuti had to do. I could have did this better. I didn't deliver that right. Help me with this or help me with that. As Amara Squad as a whole, if I'm lacking something, I can go to and study what I saw Emotep is writing to say, let me get better on my writing on this. Or I can go to Ankh and say, how should I approach this? Or Jonathan, how should I approach that? We are a built-in self-mechanism of training and elevating one another. Other people don't have that environment and that culture to pull for one another consistently. So they're pulling from themselves, looking at themselves. I can see the difference of how Sarnata himself gives the information than he used two years ago. So it's really just on-the-job training, and sometimes when people are under pressure, they react a certain way. That's exactly. a real, real statement. Now, um, when I had this, this uh, a, a more recent discussion with Brother Israel Doctrine, um, you know, one of the things, and 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 also on the on the talk with the Titans uh, forum, one of the things that I mentioned was that, you know, we have to understand 
that a lot of people, the vast majority of the people who are involved in these um, these big debates uh, in, in terms of the Sonetta platform are, are not individuals who went through college to get their information. They're, they're individuals who came directly <laughs> off the, off, not going to say directly off the streets, but some came directly off the streets in the case of like polite and you know others like that and then some may have not necessarily come off the streets but you know they didn't go to school for this type of information and, and are not scholars in their field and so you know it's a difference in the way that they present and the way they, they feel they have to present because they're coming from an environment where that's how you relay information and and I said that this always hurts. This is what gives the impression, of course, that these debates are fundamentally worthless, as I hear some other um, people articulate. And and because they don't know uh, the decorum that it's supposed to have, you know, in a debate um, or what the rules are. This is why the Hebrew Israelites, you know, didn't know about the charges and all this other kind of stuff because none of them have come directly from, I ain't going to say none of them, it, the the vast majority of them have not come directly from a scholastic background, and so you know when you're trying to articulate, you know, protocol, methodology, epistemology, things of this nature, to a lot of these individuals coming from that camp, then you know it seems foreign to them, and the, um, the only thing that they can relay to you is, or their only defense is, well, that's the white man stuff, and we saw that you know, uh, time and time again throughout the debate, you know, in terms of the quote-unquote white source, <coughs> as people would say. And um, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm seeing here quickly, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Brother, uh, uh, I, I assume Lion Blyden um, says, Arrows up, uh, and this is in the Q&A app, Arrows up, great event, clear win. Uh, dot 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 Asar versus Divine. That would be an interesting and scholarly debate. Oh man! <laughs> Can I ask something? Can I say something real fast, please? Go ahead. This is what I'm not appreciating, right? You had people going to Egypt. You had people contacting uh, authors of books that made uh -huh. claims off misinformation, getting email correspondence. With actual scholars in the field, you got uh, uh, you just got people with hours of research and chronology. You got a research team, man. You got scholarly academic. You got street uh, damn street street scholar. You know that's what I call myself. Ain't had no formal training, right? But learn from the peers around me. You had just hours and hours and hours of work. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and just for them. To think that they was going to be able to just run through that building like that with that foolery, you know what I'm saying? It's insulting. And and for the record, Divine, Divine is not a scholar. You wouldn't even put him up against Asar. Asar ain't built for Divine. I smack Divine around. Divine ain't built for uh, 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 Ishmael Law. Divine ain't built for uh, uh, Sinjetti. Divine ain't built for Smash Rockwell. You know what I'm saying? I supposed to beat him up. See, this is what they're not understanding. The squad that we got is really designed to deal with white academia. I've been saying this a hundred times. It wasn't designed to smack 
around a group of people who just believe in the book. That that wasn't the reason for the development of the squad. It might have started with me cussing people out. Right? Smash <laughs> did catch me flipping on that glyph broad daylight. I was like, golly. But right? uh, if I couldn't get that glyph together, I said, oh, God. The metanetter at the university ain't helping you too good right now. Oh, God. He said, oh, you don't know how to read this one. That was, was a like, basic, basic glyph. That was like that wasn't even like one of the the, the hard rare glyphs. Like these were basic. Nah. You should get this on the first page of any book glyphs. Right. More specifically, that was part of the basic alphabet that you learned. That's like something that my my daughters draw. On the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, my daughters right. Yeah, my daughters know that name. Imagine that too. At least Savannah, one of my daughters do. Yeah. See, see, that's my point. And so for the divine to think that he could step up, right? And do any look, check this out, man. I don't mean no harm. I had I look, I had I had peace in my heart. And I said, go ahead, divine. Cause really it wasn't even divine turn. Think about that now. Divine was like, oh man, he was pouting and he was shutting his laptop down. I said, go ahead, bro. I said, because if you don't present it, yeah, you know I'm saying, they already did in the water, but at least let them hear an attempt. At some type of uh, foolishness. It was still foolishness now, but at least it was directed in a way where it kind of sounded like it could have been academia. So I said, go ahead, Divine. You know what I'm saying? Think about that now. Divine is crazy to actually think that they can read Meta Netcha in a month. Okay? Like, like I seen y'all get down. See, and this is what, see, there's so much information we never got a chance to talk about. Like, if you're going to deal with a translation team, the key element in the translation team is understand the indigenous cultures right in that area and understand the indigenous culture of what you're trying or, or who you're trying to translate. This is paramount in understanding translation. That's why the European has always failed in their translations at the end of the day because they are not tied to the living tradition and they're not tied to the actual culture. They do not understand. No Jewish person will try to attempt to translate anything, right, their translating team is fluent in understanding Jewish or Hebrew culture. That's a must. Okay, so for a Hebrew guy who never even studied African culture to just jump out of nowhere and translate is it's, it's buffoonery. And it's really disrespect to the work that the brothers and sisters on the squad actually put in. I just wanted to put that out there. I, I definitely have to have to back you up on that, brother Ankh, because you are absolutely right. When you and I put the squad together, it was not it was, it was built it, it was built for a whole different purpose. You know, if somebody else was was taking our community astray, we were going directly to the church ward family and calling them out and 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 making them making them denounce the, their own writings. You know, if it was Scientology, we was going directly at the source. We was going directly for the white people. And the same thing, there was a whole, you know, people were ignoring uh, uh, Egyptian history from a West African perspective. You have to find somebody who's dedicated to West African linguistics that's totally ignored in other parts of academia in order to change that. Those are the people that we bring onto the squad. The value of what Brother Jonathan and what Brother Sinjeti and what and, and, and Ngozi, all of them, the value of what they bring is something that's unique. But it's built for a whole different person than the people that are trying to step up, saying right. that they want to try to battle the squad. That's why we were so 
reluctant to even include ourselves into that little puny shit. That's really a waste of time. But if you really want to shut down, then you know who to call. Other than that, we are really built for an entirely different arena. Right, hey, on. can I I'm say something real quick? Is this bro is Brother Garfield? I want to. Right. Oh, okay. Go, as, no, go ahead. As, then as, I got a question. As, as, the, official, as, as the official driver of the Amin Ra squad, I think I'm able, like Frank Lucas, I was able to gain some knowledge this weekend. I think I know a little Marionetta. But let me say this. Let me say this about um, Divine Prospect. If you say that Noah's grave and the Patriots' graves are real, I think he disqualified himself scholastically from any form of debate. You cannot say Noah has a grave and he has five graves and say, this is real. It's there. It's there. Look. You can't do that. And if you allow yourself to do that, you're going to set the Hebrew Israelites 20 years back and probably even 40 years back. Because right now, I'm not going to lie, though. He does have the potential to put stuff out that's beneficial. But when you start saying that the graves are real and that they're there to try to cut us off because, you know what it is? Angst the fault. It's angst. Angst the problem. They mm -hmm. want too much. They always try to counteract angst and say, hey, I'm going to get him. And then they make a fool of themselves. Because if it wasn't for angst, he wouldn't have made that whole presentation about the dead body. Where's the bodies at? That's the first thing Ank always say on Hebrew War Machine. Where y'all bodies at? Where y'all bones at? Where y'all libraries at? So they took it to heart. It's Ank. I believe Ank. As the, as the driver, as the driver of the Amin Ross squad officially on the East Coast, <laughs> I am saying. <laughs> All right. Um, we have a question in the question and answer app. Uh, this is coming from Samo Damo again. Uh he asked or she asked, I'm not sure if uh, the gender, but um, for the comedic community as a whole, uh, for all the students of the knowledge who have gotten a spark or a confirmation we are on the right track, are there more collective efforts in the minds to further feed the movement? Um, and he addresses this, I guess, to the whole panel, but I'm not sure exactly what that last part means. So if you can, you know, uh, retype it and put it in, we'll try to address it uh, now. Um, it, it's going to be a slight time delay by the time I say this and by the time you hear it. But, you know, type it in anyway. Um, I'm trying to get some more clarity on exactly what you mean in that latter part. Um, but if y'all could... You know, if y'all think y'all understand the question, um, somebody can go ahead. Read it. Okay. I, I, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to say something to uh, kind of uh, trail uh, what Brother Ish and uh, and Uncle Cactus was saying. One one of the one of the good things about th this event and what I've observed on Facebook <laughs> after the event is that I, I really think that people see a clear distinction between the two the two different um, so-called sides, the two different camps. And I think people really appreciate the professionalism and the scholarship of the comedic uh, side, the Amara squad, et cetera. And I, and I, and I think it provides an opening for people to really be interested in learning Medonetra and learning the language and learning the um, actual traditions and customs of Kemet. So it kind of goes with the with the brother's question. I I, I think this 
this the event has um, opened the door. It allowed people to see that hey, we do have some brothers and people that do understand, that do um, and have the confidence to deliver it and so on and so forth. So I think this is an opportunity for all of us to start teaching. That's why on Facebook I've been I've been posting all day. You know, um, let's you know, let's educate and teach now because I I think I think the more people are open to it right now. I can I can most definitely say, brother Wujal, and also what brother Jonathan did, and and your ability, brother Wujal. When brother Jonathan stood before them and said, "Challenge me," that yeah. was a very very defining moment. Yeah, I'm talking about it sent shock waves through the people that were online. The message board started to blow up. It, it was really a very defining moment of 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 confidence. Of look going in, it is what it is. Give me your best shot, cause I'm gonna return fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so it was a very defining moment of somebody being dedicated in their studies, and even us just showing up as a team in any form. I'm telling you, it took a lot of boldness for somebody to agree not to have any internet, blind charges being lobbed against you nonstop for three four possibly five hours straight and for the brothers to show up in New York City and just as a squad and as a team whether it's coming from from brother polite whether it's coming from from brother Shaka Amira squad it took a lot of nerve to sit there and do that to say I'm confident in my ability give me your best shot because you're gonna be defeated today and yeah, them boys got the floodgates opened up on them yeah, that was a tsunami ass whooping right there. Hold on, hold on. Just, just, just to that. Here's a question, just for that. Um, a brother Nahisi, uh, Jadefre, asked the question: Do the Amara squad feel it was an overkill for preparation, uh, and the Hebrews were un underprepared? So basically, was the Amara squad overprepared and the uh, uh, or the life underprepared. Let me let me get that first. We 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 came we came in the spirit of Theophile Banger and she gained the Diops. Let's get this straight, right? <laughs> let, let, let me rewind for a minute, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the truth: the only person that was actually when the squad started, me and Ishri looking at each other, saying, "You know what? We're tired of building other people's shit and people kicking us off their shit after we build their shit." You remember that, right? Excuse my language, right? And so we developed the name Amra Squad, and it was just one person that we invited, and that was uh, Brother Brother Sinjetti. And the only reason Brother Sinjetti was invited because I was talking uh, bleep 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 one day on the radio, and I made a mistake linguistically, and this brother dug in my ass. I promise you. And I was like, whoa! For the first time, somebody had got me, and I had to concede. And if you can't beat him, you about to join him. Next person up, right, was Brother Saul. He come in, I'm talking, and he and he frees me. I'm like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? So the only way to, to really get on the squad is by fire and touch the information. Then you get John for Smash Rock. Now, John has been, been calling the show since the Nikki Loving updates. And one day he just decided to open his mic. And start going in. It was no way the brothers and sisters that came on the squad, they couldn't be denied. They forged their way in. It's not a, we're going to pick you. The only people that we tried to pick was the young brothers, right? And the young brothers always fall through the damn wayside. And I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. 
I do not know why. Because they're not necessarily ready for the level of information. That that their maturity level for the information, they just can't handle it. Right? But I'm telling you this, right? The only way to get on the squad is to forge your way in. You know what I'm saying? And and it's very, very interesting, man. But was we prepared? Come on, man. Just that homework we've been doing. And you want to know why? They was wondering, why is Brother Unk so confident? Because I had seen everybody's homework. I seen the vigor. I seen the study. Overprepared. We was making sure that we had represented Kemet for real. And be honest with you, we didn't get a chance to do that. I promise you this. No one seen Brother Assal's work. No one's seen Brother Sinjetti's work, and they only seen 25% of my work, and they only seen 75% of Smash Rockwell's work, and they didn't even hear from Ishmael Law. Didn't hear Ngozi. So, be honest with you, dog. Check this out, man. <laughs> Being prepared is a goddamn understatement. We was born for this moment right here. <clears throat> and I promise you that. If y'all think that was something, y'all ain't seen nothing yet, bro. Next time we put on the damn event, the live stream gonna be crystal clear. Information we're gonna take you back to the days of Dr. Ben, Shiganti Diaz, their foul banger. All those guys that 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 the pseudoisms, right, had had, had kind of swept their work to the side. And I ain't gonna start naming the super pseudos amongst us. I ain't gonna do them elders like that. But I promise you, yo, we have brought the wise old elders back. I really, I really do wish, I wish that we would have an opportunity to, to be, you know, to go go to Oxford or somewhere. I really and truly do. I think people will really understand the level of what we're talking about when you line up a nice table full of victims and in a proper <laughs> setting allow us to feast all day. I really think that then they will start to get the point of exactly what we're built for. All right, hold on real quick. Um, along those lines, uh, brother, uh, and he, he confirmed that he's a male. So, uh, brother Samo Damo uh, uh, reworded his question, and he said basically, uh, for a student to see all you scholars together was powerful. Can we see all of you guys in a large venue teaching, therefore, for hours? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was. That's 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 what I was alluding to, I, you know. And that's another thing. Uh, um, I wish whoever whoever's responsible for the video footage of the event, I I really wish you would hurry up and, and get out because I think I think I mean, I mean being made public because I think that it would be really really good to look at the video and then address everything and then whatever was um, cut short as far as time constraints. Then there'll be an opportunity to really address it and actually teach the uh, the the people, and that's what I meant earlier. I think a lot of people are wide, they're wide, they're wide open, and they're hungry. They're hungry for the Brother Garfield. Oh, yeah. I was just I was just saying. I think that um, on my observation, a lot of people are are hungry and, and uh, thirsty for the information now. A lot of people who were skeptical and they they were sitting on the sidelines trying to see. You know, the Amara squad could, could uh, hold hold up to it, and because you know you, you have a lot of propaganda prior to the prior to the event, so some people were just wanted to see what what the outcome was going to be. But overall, I think a lot of people are hungry for the information. So once once the video footage is released or made public, then we can, then you know address everything point by point and give a presentation, or or maybe you know do something to address it, whether in writing or or video presentation, where everybody can really get it off, where Uncle Keck 
you can present all the information, Jonathan, present all the information in a um, smooth fashion, Osamotep, Sanjeti, everybody. I think I, I think that would be monumental, and I think that's what the people need. I think that's what they <laughs> Well, it's death. Um, somebody else is about to say something? I, I just I know that it's an advantage as far as, you know, for Armour Ross Squad as a whole, for us to be able to put our seal on an actual event. It's going to be something that I, I think that our, our supporters are, are, are used to. You know, I think they're used to being able to find a good body of knowledge when they go on Facebook and understand that it's not going to be a whole bunch of spam up there, that we try to, you know, keep the bullshit down to a minimum as far as the information being fed to the people when they call into the show. You know, we like to keep it lively because, you know, knowledge can be boring as hell. So mm -hmm. we do try to keep it lively, you know what I mean, and, and, and express it the way that we do. But we also try to make sure you get a good body of knowledge and information. I think for us, you know, we're already focusing on getting our own media team tight, you know what I mean, the promotions. I think y'all really like the animations and the creativity that we're all trying to express and give to you, the, the, the books that are coming out, the, the shows that, that you get, the guests that we have coming in. I think y'all worthy. Y'all queens and kings, so we try to treat y'all like that. But for y'all to come to a venue that we want to offer, we want to make sure y'all getting good pay-per-view, that it comes with a package that's going to have a DVD already being sent out to you. After, the, after the, the event is already there, you're getting a nice quality DVD being mailed to your home so that you're getting a couple. Yeah, it's going to be like $30 instead of the $20, but you're going to get a nice quality live feed as well as a nice DVD being sent directly to you for your studies. For me personally, I like to hand out footnotes to the crowd while I'm speaking so that you can read along with me so that you can go home with these footnotes in your hand. Yeah. You know? So that's the way that we like to do our thing. We're the A side, and that's what y'all worthy of, and that's what we're trying to deliver to you. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Um, speaking on, uh, brother. Um, no, you made me forget his uh, name real quick, brother Jonathan. Uh, you you were to release a book or have released a book. Can you tell us about it in terms of uh, in, in association with the debate? Oh yeah, definitely. Well, a lot of the information first that I've been dying to talk about. Uh, was scheduled to be put forth in my book, Magi, a handbook for the conscious community, February 8th. Uh, right now, I actually do have a link to a, a format that I don't want to distribute it in, but I've been uh, dealing with, and just to put forward, uh, if anybody else trying to do self-publishing, I tell them not to use Blurb, because uh, I've been having, it's, it's very problematic. They like corrupting my book, and so I'm working with their uh, customer support to bring things back. But at least it's preserved in the ebook format right now. But I don't want to do that just because of their complications. I don't want that book to be available digitally. And so I'm uh, getting things fixed up right now to get it out to people uh, ASAP. But, yes, ma'am. Hey, I'm going to message you on that because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in the middle of publishing the book too. So, you know, I'm, I'm hooked up with somebody else. I'm, you know, maybe we could uh, work something out. Definitely. Actually, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. But uh, I got I, no. I'm uh, Asar already took care of me. Actually, and the people you recommended Asar, uh, they said they could have me done almost by the end of the week. So mm -hmm. I ain't even really tripping, and I appreciate that. But mm -hmm. uh, but, but 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 like I said, Magi, the brunt of the work 
a lot of it is public and free anyway, but the majority of it is this new information uh, I brought forth in the last year, or I'm attempting to bring forth in the last year uh, pertaining to a lot of the sexual uh, claims of sexual deviance in Kemet. And it took me reading all of the source material of uh, the majority of the people who put forth these claims, and yeah. it, it let me learn a lot of new information, basically, uh, pertaining to how these things came into fruition, how these claims came into fruition. And now we can even pinpoint the place where some uh, European rights took this information and misconstrued it and went off into their own little sexual deviances thinking that they had the science, but they had it wrong because they had the area of the body right, but you know what I'm saying? They was thinking about something else. And so they developed all kind of things that was real pseudo and uh, get forecast back on Egyptology. But I mean, on Kemetology or on Kemet. But now we get to actually clearing up a lot of those things. And like I said, whenever they're ready to deal with their most uh, damning text, it was brought forward, which is pyramid text, mm -hmm. 1036. I deal with it in the book. But it was really what we would have learned at the debate is that this is one of 2,000 new pyramid texts that was brought forward in 1977 by the French School of Egyptology by a man named Jean Le. Lucan, 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 or whatever. And Lecline. what he did, yeah, exactly. And what he did was, uh, Lucan or whatever, I'm not, you know. But what he did was opened up a new chamber in Pepe the First Pyramid and found 2,000 new texts. So anyone, first, if you don't have this work, if you got uh, any of the prior pyramid texts, you don't even have access to this, uh, to a primary of it or any accounts of it because it's not in Kurt Seth's work and it's not in a lot of other people's work. When we scrutinize what uh, he put forward about the text that they thought was uh, homosexual, he even had the underlying premise correct, but he did not know how to translate it in the way that uh, that I brought forth in my book. And it's basically about the procreative powers. And I got all the other scholars <laughs> saying they know that it's about that, but they don't see why it's relayed in the way that they thought it was relayed. Uh, and so he, he he said it was a disorder in Pyramid Text 1036, which would cause Heru and Sutek to have these certain relations. But now that we know what these key terms are, it's actually Sutek being able to bring forth the, uh, or to use or to be able to bring forth the uh, offspring of Heru and vice versa. Heru would, uh, in this in this confusion, would be able to bring forth the offspring of Sutek by by their creative powers being switched. So in their in their lame interpretation, which says something like uh, the phallus of of Sut no the uh, the mutut of Sutek or the the seed of Sutek travels to the aret of Heru. They thought that was the semen of Sutek traveling to the anus of Heru. Excuse my language. This is just how they they got it in all their interpretations. You see what I'm saying? And so when we look at it the way that uh, we can see now clearly that the procreative powers are the uh, seed attached to the aret, which we know actually is also the area in, in the Kundalini, the root chakra is your we, we we talked all about it at debate, all about the semen emissions and everything else. So I don't think I have to uh, reiterate that. But yeah, that's all contained in the book, and it's my latest uh, research. Yeah, hey, yeah. You see, that's that. I mean, uh, a couple brothers that was at the debate, man. What they said was after your uh, explanation, it was almost like you was talking to a bunch of second graders that had challenged 
a person with a doctor degree. You feel mm -hmm. me? And and I think my, the crowning moment for me at the debate was when uh, my main teacher, James Smalls, right, came up to me and said, "Boy, boy, y'all some bad motherfuckers." You know what I'm saying? Like, like that kind of like that's the crowning moment for me. You know, when when, when Dr. Kaba, you know what I'm saying? When he was like, "Man, I learned something." That's he was like, "Wow." He said it kind of like confirmed some things for him, right? And yeah. so the, the fact that y'all know it, man, we stand on the shoulders of the elders, man. You know, we do this for them. And and, and one of the elders that that is my main teacher of just how how to speak how to put words together, how to always stay African, how to understand everything is interrelated. Just, man, I'm, you know, I'm like a small James Smalls, but just to hear him say that, man, man, that was my, for me, man, that just made me want to just, I mean, come on, man. I mean, seriously, man, that that was the moment, man. And, and, and I just want to right now, I want to really give the shout out, man, to Smash Rockwells, man, because it was on his research, yo. You know what I'm saying? It was on his back, man. You know what I mean? And 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 I'm telling you, man, I, you know, I was able to be confident because of that research he did. You know what I'm saying? I was also able to be confident because of what Sinjetti had. And I was certainly confident because of what Asar had. You know what I'm saying? And it was hard for me to be, uh, how, how you want to say it? Don't be too boisterous or don't be too... Uh, we lost you. We lost you. Uh... I don't know. Somebody's trying to call me on uh, Google Hangouts. That's Yahweh, man. That's Yahweh. Yeah, that was Yahweh. You're getting too cocky. Slow down, speed it. That's Yahweh. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what, though? Honestly, though, we Magi Archers. I say, I mean, even to represent the Magi, you first, you know how to read Medu Nedra. So whether you even fit. This organization is an unorganized organization, and whether you consider yourself Magi or not, if you out here shooting them down whenever they say something about the Medu Nature, you know what I'm saying, it is what it is. Now, when it comes to my information, you see who I com most commonly bump heads with are people at the top of this field, period. You know what I'm saying? We get in the public, and we put it out there, and we, and we bang it up. And bumping heads with uh, brothers like Ujahu and my brother Asar put my scholarship on the level and it let me know. I learned almost everything I know about methodology about by debating Asar for, for the last five years. You know what I'm saying? Starting in 2010. Go back and look at our pages. You know what I'm saying? You will find every three years we have a, a really long debate where he always ease his way out by scrutinizing my methodology. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, next three years, I'm going to come back with some more methodology. But so it is all one thing, like I said, and I give credit to the people and everybody, all of us who trying to get this, uh, keep each other on our toes, you know what I'm saying? Now, hey, people got people to gotta, uh, keep in mind, like, for me, you know, like, again, you, I was a Hebrew Israelite, and so, you know, y'all, you, you I tell people this that I was in the ICUPK and they look at me funny like you're lying. I'm like, no, I'm not lying. Like when I came into college, I seriously, when I was in my history classes or sociology classes, I would write papers and debate the teacher that the black people were Hebrew Israelites and would break down the 12 tribes chart in class and and do stuff like this. And of course, 
you know, they would ask me fundamental questions that I didn't have a ready answer for. So I would have to go back, get some lessons, then try to come back and, and, and try to make an argument and it would get shot down. And so, you know, enough of this makes you, uh, you know, cognizant of, you know, your, your approach to studies is much more important than the knowledge wow. that you have, you know, uh, or the knowledge that you think you have, you know. Uh, this, this is why I was introduced to epistemology. You know, a few years later, still in undergrad, my professor of, Afri uh, of Africana Studies, he, um, you know, I had a question on the on the, the meaning of the word Kemet, and I had I had a a you know a hypothesis for you know this this ongoing debate between you know Shekhanta Diop, Theofalo Abinga, and the Eurocentric school, and so he said, well, you have a lot of good ideas, but it needs to be refined. This is what I'm going to do. No, this he said. This is what you're going to do. You're going to write a paper, and you're going to present this paper at the African American Studies Symposium that's going to be held here this year at uh, the University of Houston. This was in 2003, and so at this symposium is nothing but PhDs or people working on PhDs. So I'm still working on the first degree, uh, so to speak. And so I have no, no real training in this, you know, to actually present at a conference this information. And so, you know, I'm studying, trying to, you know, make myself seem as academic as possible because I don't want to look like an A, you know, in front of, you know, all these uh, professors. And so, you know, I wrote the paper, I presented it, got some feedback, um, you know, and so this is where it is like you need to learn metanature. You know, you need to get this book, this book, and this book. You need to go to this museum. They started giving me numbers of people I needed to contact. You know, that's why I first met Dr. Mario Beatty. He's like, oh, you need to holler at Dr. Theofalo Wabinga. Here's his number. Start calling Theofalo Wabinga. He was still at San Francisco State University, you know, getting uh, information and lessons from him, you know, it, although it was brief. I can't say that I really studied under him, but he was he was sending me in directions that I needed to go. And so... You know, um, and you know, shortly after that, I was dealing with you know Professor Manu M. Pym and all of this, and learning about the firsthand primary research. So when I come to people with this information, like what's your primaries, the the method that you use, da da da, it's it's because I have this long history of dealing with these type of individuals who would challenge me along those same lines. And so, you know, it's it's a it's it's totally different from when I was in the Hebrew the Hebrew Israelites where if it sounded good we rolled with it and that's and as I can see in 2015 you know no different from 1998 and 1999 the Hebrew Israelites are still for the most part running along that same uh, lack of methodolo methodology path can I and add so to that, that <laughs> I'm sorry I was wondering if I could add to that real quick I know you, you say they, they, they pick and uh, they pick a roll with what sounds good um, to add to that, I noticed, you know, their 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 scholarship, they put their scholarship on the on a demerited level to me when they pick and choose, you know, which things are precepts or or which things are metaphysical precepts and which things are actual events in history. They pick and choose, you know what I'm saying, amongst different camps, different times. One time something actually happened, and next time it means something in heaven with Yahweh Shai. So, I mean, that, that's something I observe as well. But that's that's a reason. The reason is because it's not really their culture, and so you know each culture 
has uh, mechanisms and in, in devices socially and contextually that'll let you know exactly you know what is or what is not. And so this is what I mean by the importance of methodology. One of the first steps that I look at or one of the first procedures that I do when I want to determine whether something is history or not is I study the names of the major characters involved in the story. When the names of the major characters involved in the story just so happens to correlate with the major theme of the story, this is the first sign that this is a myth. Because in, in, no matter where you go in the world, the name of the leading characters are important for the story. And the story is built off of the names of the characters. And so this is how we know that Noah, you know, is, is, is mythological, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, you know, um, you know, and other individuals, you know, in the text. There's a process by which you, you have to, you know, do this. If, if, if you're in your culture, you know these things already. And so, but right. they, they have adopted something and they're trying to interpret it, you know, 2,000 some odd years later and, and, and trying to make it their own. And so because they're so cut off from the original culture that uh -huh. developed this, this text, then, you know, you have these different um, interpretations in the way that you find in the Hebrew Israelite camps. That's why if I was going to, uh, or, you know, one of the things that I was about to bring out, you know, before they uh, cut me off was that, you know, we don't have to worry about that necessarily in the, um, in the, in the comedic community because we have living communities who have not been cut off from their ancestry who lived in Kemet. And so one of the ones that I wanted to bring out was the collagen uh, folks. I had the books in hand ready. You know, to to introduce the scholarship to the um, to the general public, but that you know because of the time constraints, you know that that didn't um, didn't happen. But you know, because and this would have, like I said, it, was, it would have killed two birds with one stone, because it would have killed that noise about um, you know we got communities, you know, in uh, in Israel. You know, and all this other kind of stuff. But these are African Americans who went over there, adopted the culture, and just lives there. But what they can't say is they that we got a group of people who have never been disrupted from their culture, who still speak the language, who still wear traditional dress, who still have traditional jewelry and rituals and customs and all of this that can answer questions about ancient concepts. They can't say that, you know. And they were talking about, you know, where is these Where's these morals and where's these people, you know, in Africa? I wanted to yell it's inappropriate, but I know at least two people in there that are in um, in African priesthoods that were sitting there at the at the um, at the um, at the debate there who've been initiated in different priesthood systems that are connected to ones in ancient Egypt. I know them. I I I I've, I've studied under them. Two of them were there, you know. And but that's not information we divulge. <clears throat> but um, it's it's because they're so disconnected that their their scholarship for the most part is disconnected, and and so that's why I call them Hamites because the word Ham in ancient Egyptian means those who are ignorant, and specifically those who are ignorant of Egypt. And so that's that's my um, um, particular term for them. But anybody else got something to say? I, I've been talking too long. <laughs> 
Hey, I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to, dang, I forgot what I was crazy. Hey, <laughs> I can get in right there until you remember uh, about that term you just left off on uh, Hamites or whatever. That's actually how the people who didn't know where Tynetta was mm. on how Shepsu Stella were, were referenced. Uh, they said Kim, but you might think uh, him or the, you know what I'm saying, uh, when they were saying the Murph terraces where people do not know. But in, in the do not know, I think they use that term. It's just something I add while Ujahu was getting it together. There was oh, another text what? where um, there was another text that says something to the nature of they was talking about the quote unquote Asiatics, and they use that term again for those who don't know Ra. And so you know you when um, I need to do some more uh, research and see where all of these terms and just collect them in one document. But you get the general sense that you know this term is just almost like the word Hesi. Uh, is you know Kessie uh, is is in another kind of context, but you know for those who are just really ignorant of who we are and how we operate, you know um, they are the ones who's causing you know um, a lot of strife and trouble, you know in our uh, in our collective community. And I see the same thing with the Hebrew Israelites. They're throwing all of these charges, misrepresenting data because they don't want to know the ancient Egyptians. They don't want to know Africa. And because they don't know Africa, we get these elementary charges, these elementary claims that are easily refuted by anyone who actually studies the text. And then they make the claim, they, they give the illusion uh, uh, that they know Egypt up and down with the verse in the Bible that says Abraham shared knowledge with the Egyptians or something like that. I, I don't like that either. Mm -hmm. You know, what I was going to say was um, kind of with what you were saying, the difference between um, a, a, a myth, which is how the ancient, our ancient ancestors, you know, uh, documented different stories, but they, they knew the, the realities behind the symbolism, symbolisms, the metaphors, and so on and so forth. But how you, how you tell the difference, like how you said, if you, if you take Dr. Martin Luther King and, you know, years from now people write about it and you, and you analyze his name, Martin Luther King, his name will not will not be uh, connected to the events that surrounded him, uh, uh, as far as meaning and stuff like that. Whereas in the Bible or in just ancient methods of documenting these myths, the name actually plays the meanings of the names actually plays the roles in the actual myths and stories themselves. So I was just I was trying to highlight that the difference where you could say, okay, Martin Luther King is an actual historical. A sentient human being, whereas a person, you know, something like Noah, it, you know, the word Noah means to rest or to come to a, a rest. So you can tell that the story is built around him. You know. Well, well, you know what? Uh, oh, can I ask a question real quick? Can I ask a question real quick? Where hold did on, you get? Is on, that your on, simple etymological text? Hold on, hold uh, on. Study. I mean. Hold on. We're gonna let um, Jonathan um, get in, and then we'll get to your question. Go ahead, Jonathan. I was going to add just real quick to that and to kind of address what you were saying, uh, Sam, too, my brother Jordan. I think that's your name. Uh, uh, it, it works in the exact same way in Metunetra, Metunetra I found. Uh, and we can throw out a few stories right now and get to the bottom of whether they're myth or uh, fiction <coughs> or reality by looking at them, uh, 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 at the name of the characters in them. If we go to, what is the story of the shipwrecked sailor? And he's supposed to so-called be... Uh, he, he goes and does something, gets lost on this island or whatever, and talks to, I think he talks to a snake or something. Well, anyway, exactly. he talks to something. Yeah, well, his name is something like, uh, 
uh, Shimshu Akir or Akir Shimsu, which would actually be something like an excellent follower. But actually, in the story, he's the exact opposite. If you see what I mean, he's like he has bad directions and he loses his way. And so we could clearly tell he wasn't really named that in real life. So it's somewhat of a fiction. I seen another dialogue earlier today about uh, Ipu Ur. It, it, it works exactly the same way with the uh, the uh, abominations of Ipu Ur. If we look into the etymology of Ipu or what Ipu meant, it was the great uh, uh, an account or a testimony. And then we know Ur is means great. And so now we got some people thousands of years who don't know how to decode the names like that. Who like running around like, look, we found the great account of the plague, <laughs> and we can clearly look at the name like, hey, if this dude's name was the great account. This probably wasn't really the great, you know, I don't yeah. think that he was named the great account, witnessed the great account, and, and, and all the things that would take the text to survive to us as the great account. It's just a fiction, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, That's all I want to add. That's the exact same thing with, um, like with Adam and Eve. Not that Adam and Eve, uh, well, I mean Adam and Eve, yes, but more specifically uh, Cain and Abel. And, you know, because the word uh, for, for Cain has to deal with iron working. And urbanization, and the word able is the word for um, uh, for a pastoralist, a, a, a migratory type person, but one who tends sheep, you know, a pastoralist. And so, when you see the conflict between these two, you know, you know for a fact that it has nothing to do with you know two actual brothers, you know, having a fight and one killed the other. You know, it's talking about two conceptualizations, two different modes of production that you know are in conflict with each other. And this is how they creatively chose uh, to tell this story, which may, you know, have led to their own personal conflicts with other groups, you know, who were urbanized, which is why throughout the book you, you have anything that is dealing with anything uh, that the farmers, you know, were associated with, the, the Hebrews were the exact opposite. So even to the point that, the Hebrew God tells them, you know, that they can't eat figs. Why can't they eat figs? Because figs were a, a, a sacred, you know, fruit for the ancient Egyptians. That's it. There's nothing wrong with figs. It's just that because the ancient Egyptians like figs, we can't like figs either because they just had a personal beef. But this is all told, you know, in a creative way. And the story, the, the names of the major characters let you know exactly you know that this is a mythological thing, but um, we interrupted Jordan earlier. Uh, if you remember your 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 statement, um, question. yeah, 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 it's because y'all was elaborating on exactly on what I wanted to ask. Uh, basically, y'all answered to question one that it is just uh etymological study. I wanted to know what some of y'all sources for some of the name etymology or the term etymology because I use some online etymology dictionaries, but they starting to get whack. Mm -hmm. Well, the online etymological dictionary. Uh, is very limited in you know and primarily for English and um, you know you have a few words that are maybe be some maybe some loan words you know into English but the etymological the etymological online dictionary is mainly for English and so when it comes to Hebrew you will have to you know uh, do one of two things or maybe both you know uh, either get a a Semitic etymological dictionary comparative etymological dictionary or you would have to um, get some kinds of text that does comparative historical linguistics on, for instance, Semitic languages. And so it is, it is through comparing the languages 
that you get a, a deeper sense of what the words mean and how they're applied. Okay. And so uh, you don't want to do single language, what we call single language etymalizing, because you can get into what we call folk etymology. And so, you know, folk etymology is based on so the what premise you say, of every word. So language is like one on. language to the other? Hold on. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> when you're doing uh, single language etymalizing, the, the, the folk etymology arises from the notion that every word that is in our language has to have a recognizable etymology. And that is not the case. Certain words, certain concepts are what we call fossilized. And in order to really get a sense of, as a, as a, as a, uh, a scientist of language, that's what we call a linguist, they, they have to be able to look at related languages to see how the words really break down and to see the range of the, the semantics or the meanings. Of the term, so this is how we we get to the bottom of of words, um, if if they're especially if they're unclear, uh, especially when it comes to names, you know, in 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 people's cultures, because you know, oftentimes, um, you know, it's it's kind of hard when you don't speak the language, because when you speak the language, the the meanings of the names are are easy to recognize. You know, because in, in the ancient times, the people's names were just everyday words in the language. It's not like how we have in English to where you have a, a proper name, but you may not know the meaning of it. If I right. say David, you know, you don't know what David means. I say Christopher, you know, well, if you know what Christ means. But, you know, uh, if I say Sarah or Dorothy, you know, these aren't names if it wasn't a name that we would use that word just normally in a regular sentence. You know, so you would have to go through a different process to figure out what that name is because yeah, we don't use true. these words on on a regular basis. So this is this is some of the things you have to um, consider when when we're breaking down these names in um, uh, in Hebrew, for instance. And sometimes you can just go to the strong concordance; it'll tell you uh -huh. what the names means. But sometimes, but let me say this: sometimes. You know, even the the biblical texts and things can have folk etymology, and so you can't always simply rely on the Bible to define the names. For example, the the uh, the word Babylon, the word Babylon in the biblical text is is argued that you know it comes from a word you know uh, Babel, and they created this whole myth mythology about you know, the quote-unquote Babylonians or Iraqis building a tower to heaven, and this was offensive to God, and he tore it down and decided to confound the languages. And so this is their, this is their reason. <laughs> but the word, the word is not a Hebrew word in, in terms of the word Babylon. The word Babylon really comes from, uh, when you look at it in the Hebrew, it's, it's Bab Elu. And Ba'ab Elu means the gates of God. Elu is the same word as like Allah amongst the Arabs or El in, you know, amongst the Canaanites or the Hebrew. So you say Ba'ab Elu. It means the gates of God. And so the, the reason why they was called the gates of God is because they would have these uh, painted or carved, you know, or, you know, metallic, you know, figurines on the gates in the, at the beginning of the villages or the... Um, or the um, 
or, or the, the, the large communities, the cities, the towns, or whatnot. So, like, if you've ever seen, like, a Dogon door, if you ever look at the Dogon's door, they have all these sacred images. That would be Bob Elu, because they're all dealing with something spiritual. Those would be the gates of God. But because they didn't speak the quote-unquote Babylonian language, they had, remember, folk etymology arises from the notion that every word in our language or every phrase in our language has to have an etymology, you know, that is understandable to us. So the closest thing that came uh, in, in the Hebrew language was uh, Babel, and so they created a whole myth around that. And so, you know, as, as linguists, you, you, you have to go beyond that because we know that you know uh, the, the people weren't uh, people weren't linguists. Hey, hey, let me. Go hey, ahead, brother. Huh? Can I bring Yasharel in real quick? Can I bring Yasharel in? Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Yasharel. What's good, on man? You on speakerphone, brother? Go ahead and ask that question. Consensus for most of uh, the metamathematical scholars and brothers that read, read, read metamathematics. Uh, one of the misnomers and misunderstandings on concept uh, is that it means peace. And yeah. one, of, one of the what's coming out now, most people understand that it doesn't mean peace, absolute sacrifice. Do any brothers agree with what I'm saying? Because I do have I do have some information on it that, that, that I'm trying to break out, but I have to do it briefly because of the time. And I didn't go into the papers. Let me ask you. Let me. Can I answer that question for my brother? Handle that, brother. Yes, brother. Uh, 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 you gotta press something so that it won't be echoing into the. I think you gotta mute yourself. Uh, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna mute him now. I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna mute. All right. Yeah. Uh. Well, brother Nazi, how you doing? Peace, peace, peace. Uh. If you, you I, I wrote two articles on that. I wrote two articles. I know we just had a debate, so I thought you would have read them by now. Mm -hmm. uh, they are called, uh, one of them is called, they're called Hotep, how the difference between uh, Coptic Hotep and the, the term in Coptic and the term in Medunetra, how they vary. You'll find them on rapgod.wordpress. And, the and on the second one, it's titled uh, In a Similar Way, Part 2. But what we'll come to find out is that offerings Offerings is a, a is possibly a better interpretation to what you're a more honest interpretation of what you're trying to allude to. Uh, if you you you've called it the cannibal hymn, but yet hotep wasn't the term used for your so-called sacrifices in that text. And I I made it public today so every. Everybody can see it. So at least once we start to uh, scrutinize these terms in the primary language, we start to be able to develop some form of consistency in our argument. Like we would not be able to present a term where the term sacrifice is actually used, but is yet not the term that we are saying means sacrifice. You see what I'm saying? And so I know uh, a few other brothers got stuff to add to that. I want, yeah, I want to say that um, the, the, the term is a... Oh, the uh, the term hotep, um, it also means um, to satisfy. Hey, hey Wooja, yeah. hold on for a minute. All right. Let, let him go real quick. Go ahead. Okay, sorry about that. All right, then you next. Go ahead. What, what, I, was, what I was saying, but I don't know how you correlate what I said in uh, um, the cannabis hemp. I didn't use the word hotep in the cannabis hemp. It was uh, actually in um, um, Wilder's first book um, that, that he used the word hotep pit. Um, inside of it, and in that book, he talks about how it, it, it does mean offering. He uses offering and sacrifice, and he uses it in the morning. I offering. He talks about the tree of life. So when I 
when I use that, when I use that, there is a correlation between offering and sacrifices. So if you, so, so I, 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 it sounds like you're agreeing with what I'm saying at some, some points, but you're showing that it may not mean that all references, and, and I'm, I'm not knocking that. But the truth be told, when you say hotel, it's more so a presentation to the guards or, or offer that you bring to the guards. And that's what I was showing during the debate. And that's all, brothers. No, sir, that's okay. incorrect. That's incorrect. You will get a better definition than listen to Dr. Rakiti uh, Ahmed and, and her definition of, of the essence and the spirit of what hotep means. It does not mean the sacrifice in that sense. But it hold on. To, there's, 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 to, there's, there's, after there's, a song. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Brother Wujawu, if he doesn't answer it in, in the way that I think that he can answer it, I'm going to step in because there's there's a phenomenon that we have to keep in mind with the ancient Egyptian script that that he's missing. But go ahead. Well, that that too. I I, I mean, I, I was trying to keep it simple because because uh, as far as literature and context, the word hotep as a verb it means to rest or to satisfy, and it, and it and it can mean to appease something. And usually, what happens is you have formulas that are written all throughout Kemet called uh, hotep dinasut which is the offering that a king gives. And these offerings are given to appease or to, or to, or to make at rest. And, and the word peace and to rest become synonymous in our, in our vernacular today. But an offering is given in order to um, satisfy something. So, so this is where you get your so-called sacrifice or offering connotation or denotation of the word hotep um, that's, that's in there. And then also you have... Uh, um, you know, paranoid, uh going that on. That same thing that I'm saying. I, you just, I, I did. No, it's not a sacrifice. Uh, I got the checkmate piece on my screen. Uh, if you can't see my screen now, but I got the checkmate piece up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm here, please, man. I'm here, I'm here, please. I'm not, I'm not here to argue. What I'm saying is, I was just talking to Art, and Art took me into the show, and I'm getting the same answer, the same thing. One of the things, if you look at the word hotel or hotel. In Hebrew, it means to bind or to offer or to sacrifice. So in the same connotation, when you look at Wallace Budge and all of these other people that translated, they use predominantly Hebrew to translate it. So I understand where you were saying the same exact thing that I just came on the show and said. You're just saying it in a different way to make yourself seem intelligent. And you said the same thing Jonathan said, and then there's going to be another brother that's going to give a different definition, but it's basically going to say the same thing. So I, I just I just wanted to bring that in there and give clarity to what I said, and it's actually accurate in some aspects. So thank you, brother. Okay, okay, okay. let me uh, bring a little bit of truth to the light. If we uh mute, mute on the echo for a second. Actually, right. DJ Wallace Budge did not rely on the uh, Hebrew. He relied on the Coptic. It's in my work, and it's all in that article I gave you. He referenced Walter Crumb's use of the term, which is Hutep. And this is why now you're starting to step out on the ledge. I said I wrote these articles two years ago. Just simply pull them up while you're arguing them. Everything I'm saying is in them. He, and, and what they came to, and this is what where they made the error. Walter Crumb analysis was inadequate because all he sourced in his dictionary for, for the term Hotep was the Coptic Bible. He used five, how would I know this off the top of the head? He used five sources from the Coptic Bible to instantiate what Hotep mean. And furthermore, he never came to the conclusion in his dissertation that it meant anything other than reconciliation, the sun setting, offerings, but he did not include peace. But uh, but but your definition of uh, 
sacrifice is completely excluded. Now, lastly, I just want to add, my brother, for that text while I referenced it earlier, what my point was, the term sacrifice as used by Europeans sometimes as in, in, in the translation of the text which you put forward was actually on the screen that you put up on the screen. It says sacrifice in your language. I mean, but you put English. But behind that was a term aout. It was not uh, aout. It was not hotep. And if we see right here, it is even defined in the German uh, dictionary as gifts and offerings. If we can go further to the left and then I'll pass the floor, we'll see right around the line, the exact line you quoted at the bay. Indeed, Shemsu cuts them up for unis and cooks him for offerings on his cooking stones. Now let's go look at that term. It is not hotel. So this is not your sacrificial offerings that you're talking about. Hold on, brother Arkier, you... You put feedback when you um you come in, so mute your mic real quick. All right, continue. Oh, I'm sorry, and I should have just stayed at 399C, where it says, Unis is the Lord of offerings who not at the court, who prepares himself a meal. In the text it says this sacrificial meal, so I looked that up, and this I was like, what's this word for sacrifice? In my own analysis. And I come to find out it goes right back to gifts or offerings. So that's, again, a, a forecast on, you know, they they they. they that's interpolation, basically, and I'll let somebody else get in. Yeah, um, well, you know, the, the first thing that we have to remember is, again, that there is no one meaning to, the, um, to a lot of these ancient Egyptian words. They're actually obese, totally separate different words that just have the same consonant clusters um, together. And so um, I actually wrote a te I actually wrote an article on um, the word hotep in my book Eluja, and I list all of the meaning of the uh, the variations of this term. And so you have various different ones. It says someone being devoted to uh, the name of the blessed dead. So the ancestors are named hotep. Um, it's a uh, this is a title for your. Your mic is providing feedback. It can't be mine, bro. It is yours. Every time I, I, I mute yours, it stops. Okay. So now, here we go again. So, uh, in my book, Aluja, uh, you know, it has, uh, you know, it's a part of a, it's an incense. It's a part of a word for wild catch. It's a word for bread. It's a word for satisfy. Uh, when set is in front of it, it's a resting place, um, a food box, a basket, um, a, a, an, an excrement. You know, when it's a hatep word, it's an excrement. A hatepit, a lady of Uraeus. Um, hotepiu, peaceable. And this is in, in the Waterbush Book 3, page 194. So it has to have some, some level of um, meaning of peace uh, in it if we have you know, with the uh, the I and the W behind it, it means peaceable. Uh, hatepi, gracious, merciful of God. Hatepi, furniture. Uh, hatepi, priest. Um, Hateptiu, bring sacrifice, you know, in. Hatepet, a federation of vegetables. Uh, Hatepet, peace. And again, this is the definition in the Walter Bush, book 3, page 194. And so anybody saying that Hatep doesn't mean peace, that's not what the dictionaries is, is saying. And so, again, you have, you know, we have Hotepu, good weather. Um, you have Hotep, blood. Hotep, grace. Hotep, basket. Hotep, food. 
Hatep downfall, and of course, setting of the sun, as we mentioned earlier. I mentioned incense. Uh, Hatep means incense. Again, the name of the blessed dead, even the word God is Hatep. You know, um, Hatep is also a word for evil plot. Um, obviously, these are not the same word. You have to remember that the ancient Egyptians did not write out their vowels. So what we're looking at are just consonant clusters. And so the, the word Hotep, I mean, or the, the, the consonant cluster of HTP is, is various different words that have different meanings and different etymologies. And so you have Hotep in terms, uh, in, in relationship to sacrifice, but you also have Hotep um, related to satisfied, pacified, evil plot, and everything else that I mentioned, you know, um, uh, earlier. And so, you know, this is something that you would know if you study the language and not to treat every single instance of a consonant cluster as having the same word or meaning. This is what I mean by folk etymology. You know, trying to cluster up words that look alike and, 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 and trying to give it a derived meaning. Now, there's a text that I bring to the debate, you know, that even talks about this word sacrifice in, um, in the Semitic, which is khetepu. Uh, and I'm reading from the book um, Ki Baruch Hu. Um, oh, snap. Um, I'm dropping stuff over here. Um, you know, I forgot what chapter it is. But you can, you can read, you know, even their commentary and where this stuff comes from. But, you know, ultimately the word for sacrifice and things come from a word meaning to cut. It's totally different from Hotep peace. But anyone saying that Hotep don't mean, I mean, doesn't mean peace, um, I, I'll look in the Waterbush Dictionary and say something contrary. And we can find you know, in the Waterbush, I mean, in the uh, Egyptian dictionaries for the greater context to really back it up as well. So um, I don't know where, and that's was something I wanted to address at the debate as well, because I don't know where he got that from. But I've written an article on it, and I have the, the primary citations that you can uh, find that term uh, with as many definitions. And so um, anybody else has the floor. I just wanted to say, um, you know, even even you know, once the people once people look in the dictionaries, then you look at the actual usage <laughs> in a different context. And um, the problem I had with what the brother was saying was that you know we're giving these we're giving these definitions to seem like we know something or that you know or whatever. And from what I've seen, the brother, if that's the same brother, uh, uh, Nasi uh, Yashuel, correct. Uh, he he was saying, I've seen him say somewhere uh, either on Facebook or a video. Where he was saying that that we greet each other with sacrifice or offerings, like when we say hotep to each other, and yeah. that's just not that's just not um, that's just not the case. Because when we say etm hotep, we're actually saying people to come or welcome in peace, but not peace, because you you got to deal with semantics and 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 you know word substitution. Um, when we say etm hotep, we're saying you know come satisfied or 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 come calmly. C calmly come into my presence, or we say Shemim Hotep. You know, like I'm, I'm wishing you farewell, and I hope that you have had a satisfactory uh, dealings with me. So I'm, I'm, I'm bearing farewell to you. That, that's the, that's the connotation behind these greetings or departures and so on and so forth. So for anybody to say that doesn't mean peace, or, or you know, then we got to define what does peace mean. And you know, peace, peace can mean to be still. You know, when a when a when a lake or a war, a body of water is at peace or rest, it's still, it's no movement. So, you know, and we can see how the paronymy or how these words can easily be be bunched together because to satisfy someone, you feed them. 
And what do you feed them? You feed them a nice meal. So offerings can become, uh, you know, part of this this play, this uh, this this play on 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 things. So you know, it's just it just comes from ignorance of the of the culture, and actual literature that exists that where you can actually find the words being used and how they're being used. So that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at some more definitions here. It's, it's one is to dwell, and one is to uh, to set again. When you're dwelling or sitting in a spot, you're at rest. Yep, you're still. That's what fundamentally what peace is. It's just at rest. I'm sitting here. There's another meaning to fall out um, in terms of hair. So to go bald is to hotep. You know, um, again, because we don't see the vowels, it looks like it's the same word, but it's not the same word. If we, we was to do any kind of comparative study, we would see that these are different words. And so, you know, I don't, I, I, it's just like his, his other commentary <laughs> in the debate where he said that metanature wasn't um, a, a phrase used together. That's, and, what uh, I, that's <laughs> why I wanted the, the, the clip of the, that's why I was asking for the clip because, because the, you know, these things need to be addressed. You know, we, you know, we, we owe it to the people to really address uh, um, these points. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm ready for that. I address no, no. it on I address it on Sonetta's couch, you know, yeah. and, and and show them, you know, where you can go in 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 a in a in a particular online dictionary that would show you what papyri or or stele or whatnot you can find the phrase, yeah. and it gives you the transliteration of the sentence in which it is in, and so you have no excuse, you know, and and, and just in that uh, one um, online search tool, you know, we we found. Not only one, but thirty-one attestations of metanature together as a phrase. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious, like where, where is he getting this information from? But go ahead, Jonathan. Oh no, I, 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 I agree exactly with what you said. Uh, those are the adequate tools to do such an analysis. But like I said, by the time I got my first time to speak, I looked at the time, and it, it was at fifteen minutes and ticking. And so I'm like, okay, you know, what's going to be the most, I mean, the best proper use of this uh, this 15 minutes? I wish, sometimes I thought about addressing that incest first, but again, people saying stuff like, yo, they're eating people and they didn't build the pyramids. I'm not really going to address all that foolery. Or the metal netter ain't even the metal netter, you know, because they could just filibuster my opportunity to present by throwing out so many pseudo claims. I try to address all of them. So I just thought it would be more effective to get at their biggest claim that they've had for over the past year and try to dismantle that one. And you know, I just want to say something real quick to that. that um, I, I think that was one of the highlights, one of the one of the biggest highlights of the um, of the of the event uh, between between you know as far as emotion and I, I wasn't there. So I, I can imagine what y'all felt as far as the crowd's reaction and stuff when you when you broke down the. Um, the arit and the and the uh, spinal column and how it comes up and then when you finally show the last slide where the where the serpent came out of the forehead and how how that was the last number, I mean I could you know I know that you were charged up I know that the crowd was like oh snap you know and the same thing with uh, polite when uh when he showed the brother saying that hey polite has not I've been to Egypt and didn't any field work and then bam, you know, he hits him hard. I, I could tell that as far as emotional or, or, you know, as far as the crowd energy, I guarantee you that those, even though I wasn't there, I bet you those two 
two parts were the most heightened, uh, emotionally heightened parts of the, of the event. Absolutely. I can tell you that from sitting at the house off the live stream, that was one of the two key parts. I had particularly about Jonathan's presentation, it was how he came out the gate just MC style and told them that the word Montu wasn't even on the Stella. I was like, oh gosh, this is what they claim been sitting on for forever. And so to see that it's not even there, it was it was amazing. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. That 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 and then, you know, the determinatives. And I thought so I'm gonna tell I thought during your presentation, I thought you were gonna start off on uh on the determinatives or something. Yeah. I, I I was gonna I was gonna get Brother Divine on the on the determinatives right there, but you know, again I was cut off. You know, each one of us had, as Brother Uncle was saying, each one of us had a presentation unto ourselves, you yeah. know, ready for you know the for the debate. And so, you know, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we covered all bases. But um brother Unc, if you're listening, you know, you can unmute your mic and, and get in what you was about to get in. Hey, but real quick, I saw because uh, I know Devon had you brought Devon up. I know he had, was talking about that uh, patterns of evidence documentary. Now, yeah, I, I haven't I, seen it. Yeah, but he was trying to say it proves Exodus. You know, yeah. I seen some of that man. You know, you, and you know what they try to say proved Exodus. What? They try to say that uh, when Ramsey Ramsey II went had the Battle of Kadesh with the Hittites, and he yeah. came back saying that he won. But then they were saying that they found something to say that they had made a uh, peace treaty. They said that because he did that, uh, that would prove that he wouldn't write down the Exodus story. So that's why it wouldn't be in the literature. I was like, what? That was some, that was crazy that they would even say that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's another documentary that I was watching, um, at least an excerpt of it, which was saying was, was raising some of the critical questions that it was totally against the idea that the Exodus could have happened. And one of the points that was brought out, and I'm trying to find it. Somebody posted it on Facebook. I thought I saved it, you know, with the new save feature, but I didn't. And so I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find a way to search and find it. But when I do, I'll, I'll repost it. Was but, it uh, um, Ramsey's Wrath of God or Wrath of Man? I don't think so. This was, this was strictly dealing with the Exodus itself. And so they was asking it from the standpoint of the Egyptologist. So they had an Egyptologist speaking at this point. And there were several points being made, but one of them was that, you know, one of the reasons why we don't believe that the Exodus happened is because if a, the way that they uh, uh, talked about the Exodus, it would have to have been like one to two million people to leave ancient Egypt at once. What, what nobody seems to be thinking about is what would the draining of two million people do to the economy of ancient Egypt at this particular time and be you know if you would have taken you if you would have taken all of the workforce you know out of a country their their economy would would collapse yeah and so at this time none of this happened a matter of fact at the proposed times it's thriving you know, there's no there's no evidence of a, a mass of two million people just suddenly vanishing. You know, off the uh uh, uh you know off the um the the radar would not. You know, in in the, the the historical and archaeological record. And so, you know, when you when you're thinking along these lines, you know, it's like yeah, because I'm thinking about, for instance, when Africa, when when all the Africans were t not all, but when a good number of the Africans were taken 
as a result of the transatlantic slave holocaust, you know, it had very far-reaching damaging effects on the economies of those areas, you know. And so you think you're talking about around one to two million people at once, you know, leaving, you know, uh, ancient Egypt. You know, it's not like in modern times, you know, where we have cities full of, you know, like two, you know, the 10 million people at one time. You know, that's that's really, for the most part, the vast majority of the population of all of Egypt at one time. And so to to take that many people out at one time, and then there's no there's no camp, there's no camps, there's no you know think about <clears throat> think about it like this: how would how do you feed, how do you clothe, how do you find water and things for that many people at once leaving a country, traveling yeah. all at once to you know um, to the Levant and things of this nature, yeah, you know yeah. how. Yeah, of course they, they. That's that's the that's the Hebrew Israelite response. Well, Yahweh fed us with manna from heaven and all this other kind of stuff. Hey, but you know, you know too, Asar, they, um, the Muslims they try to use Moses' story too, uh, with that Exodus too, because I I was uh I had to bash his uh Muslim brother on that point with the Quran because uh if you read Surah twenty eight, I think it's Ayat eight, it talks about uh Pharaoh, Moses, and Hamam. H-A-M-A-M, all in the same ayat. Now, if you look up Hammond, he was supposed to be a general to Xerxes I. Now, we know Xerxes I was supposed to be around 466 B.C. So I'm like, wow, how do you, that don't even, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know too much of the particulars of that, but, you know, to to the extent, you know, see, this is why you have to deal, this is why I primarily like to deal with the Old Testament. Because when you start knocking down the major pillars of the Old Testament, you knock out Christianity and you knock out certain aspects of Islam. Now, Islam, to its credit, certain aspects of it, the majority of it is its own tradition. But it has included a lot of the mythology of the, the quote-unquote, Jewish tradition or the Israelite tradition. And so it makes certain of their um, their claims faulty, especially when you... Um, you know, when you're able to falsify certain things in the in the biblical tradition, for example, if you can't demonstrate that Adam and Eve are real people and that this stuff happened in real life, uh, which we know for a fact it is myth, then you can't argue, for example, that there's a thing called original sin, because original sin allegedly came through Adam and Eve. If Adam and Eve didn't exist, then there couldn't have been any original sin. And if there's no original sin, then there couldn't be any Jesus the Christ to come and die for your original sin. Because the people in original sin don't exist. And so, if, if the sin don't exist, if Jesus doesn't exist in terms of him coming to die for your sins or whatnot, then the whole, their whole, uh, framework in terms of the judgment you know doesn't exist either and so how can you judge people for a concept of sin that doesn't exist and so you 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 as a as an issue of method you deal with the beginnings you know and so you know um, if there's no Cain and Abel there's really no quote-unquote then uh, I'm gonna say there's really no Israelites but there's no there's no fundamental story there, like matter of fact, part of the discussion of or one of the charges against Kemet was this alleged promotion 
and perpetuation, quote-unquote, of incest. <clears throat> now, one of the charges, or one of the chargebacks that Brother Polite was, you know, kept egging at them is that how can you charge the the Kemites with, uh, with incest when this is something that is perpetuated heavily in the biblical text? But now peep this. One of the things I was going to come back with was, of course, the story of Lot. You know, we know that the story of Lot has, you know, the, the later part of the story, uh, the two daughters get Lot drunk and they each have a child by Lot. And so that was an ancestral relationship, uh, at least, you know, although brief, he doesn't remember. But the children from that point on are derived from that ancestral relationship. Well, one of the daughters has a son by the name of Moab. And so, you know, when um, Brother Abba is stressing that, you know, we are the Moabites, well, it comes out of that ancestral relationship. So one of the daughters gives birth to Moab. Moab gives birth to Ruth. Ruth is the great-grandmother of David, and it's from the line of David that Jesus comes from. So their, their primary patriarch, you know, comes out of this, an, this ancestral relationship. But, you know, them not really thinking about what it is that they're charging. They're trying to charge, you know, Kemet with, with incest, misunderstanding the nature of the brother and sister concept and those uh, those type of relationships. And so it's like, you know, um, let's just assume that there was incest, you know, in ancient Egypt. We have a situation here where it's now the uh, kettle trying to call the pot black or however the phrase goes, you know. And in many respects in the hood, we would, we, you know, you would call this snitching, you know. And so snitching is when, you know, you do a crime, and then when you get caught, you want to say that the other person did the crime too. That's what snitching is. And so, you know, this is what the, the, the situation is when it comes to the Hebrews on this incest question, even though they totally misrepresent, you know, the concept of uh, that was found in ancient Egypt. And that was going to be touched on uh, as well if, if I didn't get cut off. But, um, Brother Unk, are you still there? Uh, Brother, I, saw, I also sent you a link of one of my saved links that was dealing with the Exodus. <laughs> I don't know if that's the one you're looking for, but I did... Uh... I sent one to you on Facebook, sir. All right. Um, well, if Brother Ankh ain't coming back in, then, you know, uh, anybody else has the floor. If y'all want to um, touch on something. Otherwise, otherwise I'll, you know, I'll, I'll ask a general question, you know, to the panel. Well, I think a question might be pretty all right. All right. Um, well... Now that, you know, it, it is all said and done, you know, everybody keeps talking about, you know, well, you know, we need to unify now. But the question now comes, you know, is it even possible to unify or should it even be an objective to unify with individuals who have a disdain for you and your culture? You know, is, is unity at this point or any point in the near future possible with with those who have uh, you know dissenting you know views of, of you and your culture and your ideology and things quick. of that nature. Alright, Brother Jordan? 
Yeah, um, well, what I would say on that, uh, so far as is it possible to unify with those who don't have a value for the culture, I'm going to just go ahead and say that's a no and a no. Um, why I say that, one, uh, somebody that's not, you know, appreciating your culture is going to be ideological issues. It's going to be uh, discrepancies about what the, what the true history is, what definitions of language are. Uh, and then that's going to all lead down to, you know, because see, like, like even us, you know what I'm saying? Us trying to link up with quote unquote Christians, you know what I'm saying? The, the, in the conscious community, a lot of Christians are, are looked at as passive, passive people, you know what I'm saying? With that passive aggression, that's something we don't grown past. And so unifying with them, we wouldn't be on the same mission. You understand what I'm saying? So to unify with, with people that don't have an appreciation for your culture or are steadily trying to uh, 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 vilify a culture and then to unify with those same people, I don't think it can happen. It's, it's nice. It's nice, you know what I'm saying, to think that all melanated people could could unify, but I, I don't think it would be. I think we really need to shoot more so instead of, you know, like-skinned, we need to go for the like-minded. Because if we ain't like-minded, we can't unify in the first place. Right. I, my, my, my take on that is a yes and a no. And I only say yes because I do feel that um, any unification I think that would take place would be temporary. <coughs> would be temporary because of of the fundamental differences because what happens is it's just like relationships when you when you meet someone uh, you know of the opposite sex at, you know at the at first it's all you know ro rosy and peachy but then when you get down to the fundamental basic basic values that uh, what your views are of, of this and that is if, if they differ then the relationship doesn't work you know it, it'll become a toxic relationship so you know to unify with any anybody because because we do have something in common, we're all black, and we we may have a common common issues. I think we can unify on those, but and that will be short term. So I I think it will be just a temporary situation of unification. But in the long terms, the answer is definitely no. Because any any time you unify with people, they, it, it there has to be a um a, synchro, a synchrony with the fundamental basics of the culture and the worldview. Because your culture your culture defines <laughs> Defines the way you approach yeah. problems. You know, if they keep you That's different. There's always going to be some conflict uh, later down the line. So, I, I I would say yes on certain issues, but no in the long run it'll end up being toxic. Brother Ujawa, I gotta honestly say I as well agree with your uh your short your short term uh perspective, your short term argument. That actually is true. So far as certain issues, yeah, that's actually right. Yeah. I'm of the belief that, you know, no, it's because you got to understand the, the goals of the Abrahamic traditions for the most part. And they're, they're really proselytizing and they really have a world order agenda. And so, you know, the, 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 the Israelites, you know, in their texts, I know from, you know, when I was in ICUPK, the, the belief is that, you know, Christ and the angels are going to come and wage war on humanity. And the, uh, the select, you know, of the Israelites are going to rule over the earth with Christ as the head. And so for them, they imagine the world under the dominance of the Hebrew Israelites and the, the doctrine of you know of it, uh, 
same thing for the the Muslims, and um, and we got to think about it like this: What would life be like as as somebody who has a different philosophic, spiritual, and cultural orientation under the dominance of these other groups? And so you have, you know, the for instance, in the um, you know hadiths and things of that nature, talking about how uh, if in terms of the obligations, if you meet uh, someone who is of the opposite, you know, uh, religion or, or cultural spectrum, that you are supposed to offer them the opportunity to adopt Islam. If they don't adopt Islam, um, you give them an opportunity to pay the tax, the jizra, whatever. If they don't want to pay the tax, then this justifies jihad, you know, against them. But you have to give them the opportunity to convert. And so, you know, if we don't want to convert, if we don't want to um, pay the, the tax, then, you know, we are to uh, expect, you know, war waged on us because we think differently. And so, you know, in the long run, it's not going to be good if they are, you know, uh, the dominant culture. And so for me, it's about, you know, gathering the individuals of like minds to to gain enough power to uh, be able to repel you know such uh, negative forces, but to create a society that is understanding and tolerant of people's views, people's cultures, and things of that nature, where people can thrive and not be punished for being the children of their parents. And so you know, if I can find those individuals, those individuals I would choose to unite with. But any in the, any other individuals who have this world dominance agenda that, you know, has it in their mind that we should be under, you know, their particular paradigm, uh, you know, by force if need be, then I can't unify with them because then we're just taking, we're replacing one set of oppressors for another. And, you know, that's my take on it at this moment. And anybody else can chime in. I see all y'all mics are... Uh, uh, muted. I think some of the things that make us different as far as ideology or philosophy may just be as simple as, you know, we're, we're, we're a tribal people, you know, indigenous people in general are tribal. So, you know, if a person does have a different philosophy or outlook, they may just be of that particular tribe, you know. That is always something that you did bring a valid point also, though, you know, if someone else is trying to impose their views upon you, even uh, even willing to kill you in order to come across them, then no, that's not only, you know, uh, nothing to unify around, that's a person that will make you an enemy. However, you know, so it's a, it's a very fine line between us just being tribal and then, us, you know, <coughs> making a, 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 a sound decision to be anti-whatever, you know, and, and that's that's something that we have to take into consideration. So, oh, yeah, if I, I could see... If I could chime on in uh, real quick, if I could chime in on that uh, as well, I think uh, the the so far as with ideologies ish as well, um, I I think the difference with in Africa or in the continent of Africa, what I'm getting to is that we're not gonna ever be a one perspective people. I remember Shaka saying this one time: we're not gonna ever be a one perspective people, a singular perspective people. But I do think you know we can realize and appreciate the fact that in in 
all African, you know, cultures or African theologies, the one thing that would unify us was the fact that we all understood we shared the tactic of anthropomorphization. And so with, with that in mind, I, uh, a, a lot of cultures could unify. But when, when, you, when you have a, a culture that doesn't regard an aspect of anthropomorphization uh, uh, and just takes the mythos for actual historical fact, it then becomes hard to, you know, unify and concur on certain precepts, morals, and uh, ideologies. Hold on one second. I'm trying to find um, – this is something that I wanted to, you know, introduce as well. I'm trying to find this book. Uh, and I can't find it immediately. Um, I got a gang of books around me right quick, and I didn't spilt something on this table, uh, which is not good because this ain't my tablecloth. Um, but that's another uh, issue for later. But because uh, I want to read it directly, I could summarize it, but I think me reading it would be more um, effective. Um, I'll just wait. I'm going to find it, and whoever wants to chime in on something, you know, you can go ahead now. Uh, I'm just sitting back down. Um, hey. Oh, I found it. Okay. Um, hold on one sec. Uh, let me find the exact page. Okay. I wrote a text. Excuse me. I wrote a, an article <laughs> in um, this text by doctors um, R. Malaba Mpoyi and Kalamba Nsapo. And it's written, the, the text is primarily in French. My article is in English. Um, but the text is called Unity and Plurality uh, of the Truth. Uh, essays in honor of Professor Dr. Alphonse uh, Ngindu Mouchete, uh, Volume 1. It came out last year in 2014. Um, so my article is titled uh, Maat's uh, Origins in Family, Family as the Foundation of African Theology. <laughs> and there's, a, there's a, an article that I, I cited from a book, and I'm about to find the exact page, um, which talks about fundamentally the, the undergirding uh, conceptualization in terms of determining what is right or wrong in the African cultures. And so the article is called The Abundant Life and the Cry of Blood by a Tim C. Lenz. And uh, he begins with an excerpt in this article by a Benazet Bujo. And, and I think what he says, states here is fundamentally at the core of African religion and philosophy. And I think it is a good grounding in order to determine, you know, what is good or, or, or bad for us moving into the future, especially when it comes to alliances. And so now I'm about to read. So, quote, we must start from life concepts of African clan society. Life is so central that it must be characterized as sacred. God is understood as possessing life in its fullness and as the source of life. Humans have the inalienable responsibility for protecting and prolonging the life of the community in all aspects. Morality, quite simply, the determination of whether an action promotes or diminishes life. The Tanzanian theologian Laurenti Magessa sounds a very similar note, uh, quote, uh, within the article itself. 
I mean, within the paragraph. For African religion, all principles of morality and ethics are to be sought within the context of preserving human life and its power or force. The sole purpose of existence is to seek life, to see to it that human life continues and grows to its full capacity, end quote. And if you got what it you know, um, is saying, I'll, I'll read this one important line. It's talking about morality, quite simply, is the determination of whether an action promotes or diminishes life. And <laughs> that's how fundamentally I look at things. When, when it comes to, you know, whether we should unify or not, you know, what would it mean in the final analysis to the quality of life? Does it promote or does it diminish life? Not only in terms of physical life and health, but in terms of somebody's psyche, in terms of somebody's spiritual life, in terms of their economics and things of this nature. The quality of life is what is important. And so, you know, d does our actions promote life? Or, or does it, you know, kill life in all its aspects? And I think under, you know, certain paradigms that certain people have created on the earth, it diminishes life. And so, you know, whatever we do, the under the foundation for which we should build off of, we should always ask the question, does this promote life? Does this add life to life? And if it doesn't, then we need to abandon it. And so when, 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 for instance, the Hebrews are arguing that, you know, they're, they're one of their deities, Jesus the Christ, is coming to earth to kill off humanity who don't agree with them, you know, we see that there's an agenda. They, this is how they see the future. They see, you know, themselves waging war with humanity. And this is not an instance in where, you know, life is being promoted. You know, it's, it's a diminishing of life. And so this final cataclysmic battle, you know, in order to set the earth right in, in, in their eyes, it is, it is very uh, detrimental and it's, it's, it's nothing, you know, actions and thoughts like this can only bring about, you know, um, you know uh, disharmonies within the social, intellectual, and spiritual, and even in environmental fields. And so, you know... Uh, you know, I want to get y'all comments on at least what I just said here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's um, I think that's a fundamental question that needs to be asked, especially on the topic of, of unifying. And I, I think I heard you ask before what, you know, if, you know, um, if we allow certain people to, to run the show or, or run the ship, then is that would that be good? Would that add life to life? Would that would that be a progress? You know, and then you have the Abrahamic traditions, the Abrahamic religions. They're very um, almost like cannibalistic uh, of themselves, and and you know they're not cannibalistic, but um, what do you call it? Um, when when something eats up everything else, and it just keeps on eating, and that's you know um, consuming. There it is, because it's a very consuming type of ideology where it has to have converts you have to actually convince people that they're born in sin and 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 that they need you have to convince somebody who's healthy that they're sick in order for them to 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 want your your medicine so you you've created the the uh the sickness and the medicine you're you're holding both ends just so you can you can do what you're doing and you know um 
I think that's problematic. So those type of religions in the long run, they're always going to be opposed. And they're always going to be a threat to to um, the religions or the, the ways of life that promotes life or adds life to life. And that's and that's like the Cain and Abel, the, the, the myth of, of, you know, these two different bodies of, of ways of life are going to be at odds with each other. You know, and ultimately, I, I think that um, check out the Giab. I think if, you, if we go back to the the two cradle um, theory, mm -hmm. that has some you know that has some parallels or correlations to to uh, to it. It's just two different modes of living that are not um, not compatible with yeah. each other at least. All right. Well. Um you know, I don't want to, you know, hold everyone up. We are actually, you know, over the time. But, uh, you know, I guess, you know, the consensus is that, you know, uh, even though it wasn't in a traditional debate style, you know, overall some some new information, you know, was brought out. Some people learned, you know, people enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I guess in the final analysis, it's a win for the community. Um uh, you know, so of course the question is always where do we go from here? Um, but you know, I guess you know someone has you know asked you know about us putting together you know actual live presentations of data, and you know we we've heard this before, and so you know I think we've actually planned this. Uh, if, if Brother Ishmael uh, Bay can confirm, uh, you know something like this, you know in terms of a, even a tour. So we'll see how this, you know, um, plays out, and um, you know, of course, I would I would like to hear the the Hebrew side because, of course, they they feel that they won, um, and that you know the 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 comedic side didn't answer any of their questions. That's what I kept seeing. Um, but another <laughs> another thing that you know uh, was was funny about the whole thing wasn't the the event itself, but all of the memes that. People were creating right <laughs> after the <laughs> like, like someone should gather all the memes together and, and, and post a folder somewhere of all the uh, the, the, the 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 memes from the oh, debate. Oh my goodness! I think I think the most popular meme is the show enough and then the, the brother. Uh, <laughs> I always forget his name. I, I swear to goodness, I fell, I literally fell out because I I was watching the debate. And you know uh -huh. you're watching the debate for for the information you and you just listening to what people are saying, but but you you notice the different you know what how people look. But when uh -huh. I saw that when I saw that meme, oh my goodness, I fell out. I, I really cussed. I, oh my goodness. I mean you know I don't I don't I don't you know I don't like to make fun. You know if that's their tradition, that's their traditional um, clothing and everything like that. But yeah. I mean even he has to laugh. I mean seriously, because if if it was me, I, I would have to laugh. Like yeah, I do I do look like. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I think one of the most important things of what what we learned as as Amara Squad was that you know it was a time for our supporters to step up and they did you know uh, and and I hope that they're proud of of the way that that they were represented you know there are things that that we request very little of of our support of of our supporters. You know, but there's so many times where we simply say, you know, if you if you don't want Al Sharpton up there behind a the microphone, send us and we'll represent you. 
I will have no problem, you know, bogarting whoever. Or we have allies like Malik Zulu Shabazz and people who will give us a microphone to represent you properly. You know, so we want to make sure that we hope that you, as the supporters, were represented, you know, by the overabundance of information of the soldiers being there live to represent you properly, you know, and, and to make sure that you felt comfortable as in your dollars were being represented, you know, and, and that you're getting the body of knowledge and information that you invest in. You know, we don't we don't waste your funds, we don't waste your money, we don't waste your time. We take that very carefully. We do a lot of planning behind the scenes that people don't know. We have our own certain chat rooms, we have our own avenues of conference calls that the public has no idea about. And and many times a lot of the things that you see now as far as what's on Google Chat, these are a lot of the private informations and volumes of knowledge that we used to share for years that the public never even saw. So we started to say, well, let's turn on the microphone and let's let the public see how deep we go in on one another and on this knowledge and this information. So we want to make sure that, you know, your trust is something that we value. You know, we want to make sure that we do represent you, you know, in the best of manners. And, and we're, we're getting better and better in doing that. So we, we honor you as our supporters of, with your money, with your, with your energy, you know, and we, we never want to let you down. Yeah. I want to I want to say this before we we jet. You know, I, I I wish that we had an opportunity to really kind of focus on this. Is that you know we're not about romanticizing, you know, ancient Egypt or or African cultures in in general, and that you know we we come at this very scholastically. And if the if the ancient Egyptians or the you know other African groups did something that we would you know shun in the modern times you know we acknowledge it you know they're human beings and you know uh, human beings get caught uh, caught up in you know uh, certain you know uh, behaviors that are not mutually beneficial you know for all parties involved and so you know it does us no good if we try to romanticize stuff but um, but if if you're going to charge us with that, you know, you need to be specific and name names and name times, you know, because not everyone who studies ancient Egypt thinks that everything the ancient Egyptians did was right and exact. You know, one of the things that I can say is that ancient Egypt was flexible enough that it allowed itself to mature, and that's all that we can ask for a society. You know, and and you know, even even with the United States, they had the wherewithal to you know at least make the Constitution a living document. You know, because they understood that times would change, perceptions would change, and that you know the the document that they created would not be able to, uh, you know, it, it would not be fully effective the way that it could be, you know, in the future when times change, technologies and stuff change, things of that nature. So it has to be a way that the people can come and and change it, not easily, but, you know, if need be, to change the documents to suit the times in which they're at. And this is this is what, you know, one of the strengths of ancient Kemet and just the African, you know, cultures in general, which you know, we cannot get from the biblical text. The biblical text is forever stuck, you know, in whatever, you know, positive and or negative that has it, it that it has in the text. 
And so because of the clauses that you cannot change or add uh, anything to the text. You cannot take away or add anything to the text. So it's a non-living document. And, um, you know, but it is what it is. And so, you know, uh, we, we can harp on, you know, what ancient Egyptians have done. Um, but, you know, the way that I look at it is what was the ideals and what institutions did they have in place to reach their ideals? What were the perspectives of others of the group? And, you know, uh, how close, again, how close are their ideals that they get? And, and, and ultimately, you know, judging, you know, from, from their interactions with others, you know, does it match what I just read earlier in terms of did they promote life, you know, or did everything they do diminish life? And that's how I judge, you know, um, all these situations. But I'll let y'all have the last word. Um, so if y'all if can take two, let's say two minutes each, you know, let's say some final departing words, I'll start with you, um, Brother Garfield. If you're still there. Hey, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. You could skip me. I'm not listening, man. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> All right, um, Brother Ishmael, you just want to say something else? Sure, absolutely. Just just before we go, um, <laughs> I already you know thank y'all for your support and and adopting you know the best parts of Kemet and and making our the way that we function as living and breathing, we can construct our own way to do it no different than what the Europeans have done. They took certain parts of ancient Kemet, they took certain parts of the Greek culture, which was a child of ancient Kemet and African cultures. So if you see a Senate, or if you see the way the Congress is set up, or you see how politics is set up and philosophies are set up, you know, and then Native American coaches were all weaved into this American philosophy, the Iroquois Nation, and they, they, they used it to function what they wanted to do. We can do the same thing in our own African-rooted uh, traditions and, and function the same way. All right. Brother Jordan? Uh, yeah, uh, what I wanted to do is uh, go ahead and confirm with Ishmael that uh, we are proud of y'all, like 1K all day. Um, phenomenal. Um, I, I wanted to say thank you for the experience. Um, even though that live stream wasn't the best, y'all's information alone made that one of the greatest experiences uh, of my conscious uh, journey. Uh, as well, what I wanted to say, uh, what I wanted to add on to, I know we were saying what is there to be looked uh, forward to. I know with you guys coming out with all these publications, I think we could be looking forward to uh, a new Alexandria. <laughs> Right. Probably, probably some new libraries around the communities from y'all guys, man. I definitely need y'all publications amongst the community and, and, and readily accessible to expand the minds of the people. All right. Well, uh, speaking of um, books, you know, I have a book that's being released next week. Oh, excuse me, this week, actually, uh, on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> um, it's called "Where's the Love? How Language." can reorient us back to love's purpose. Um, I'm tracing the etymology of the word love, uh, and I discovered that it is, in fact, an African word, uh, but there's a greater context for which the word exists in African languages. And, you know, to show us how, you know, love, the concept of love has changed from the its, its historical origins and how we can, you know, reorient ourselves back to that uh, 
that beginning and, and see some changes in our lives. Um, I know um, Brother Ujawu has a book coming up uh, as well. So when it, when it's your turn, please, uh, you know, don't forget to mention it. But um, Brother uh, Kufu, you, you have any parting words? Give him some time to unmute his mic if he's still there. Um, if not, then I'll roll the brother Ark. He probably left. You know, he has these side conversations, you know, all the time. Uh, you there, brother Ark? I guess not. And so, um, brother Ujabu, you have the final words. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, well, first I want to say as far as the debate, definitely the Amara squad, the comedic, um, brothers, everybody um, really did represent, and I really think it's a win for the community as a whole. You know, even though you know I have my hangups about the the format and everything, but uh, at the at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, I definitely think people um, learned, and I've I I actually see a, a more of a thirst that's out there, at least from the comments that are. Um, people are making on Facebook and everything. So it gives an opportunity to to actually dig in and, and um, feed everyone the information. So that's very, very good. Um, as far as um, my book, uh, yeah, um, I plan to have it out before, by the end, of, in, within this month. And it's uh, it's called um, A Beginner's Introduction to Metanature, uh, the Ancient Egyptian Hieroglyphic System. And um, it would be a beginner's uh, work for you know people who are just coming uh, interested in learning metal nature, and also you know people who are uh, maybe intermediate or advanced they could want to brush up on some fundamentals and everything. So um, hopefully that'll be out right now. It's it's actually up to 330 pages. It includes um, a full sign list. Um, it has some exercises. It it you know. It, Basically outlines all the fundamentals, the things that you're going to need to to advance, you know. And, and my goal, or what I would like to see, and hopefully work with others on, is a full grammar uh, text, and then after that, a more advanced work that will deal with a lot of tech technical issues with linguistics. So, the overall goal is to do what the um, today's Jews have done with their language of Hebrew and revived it. You know, so hopefully we can work our way to actually reviving it, the Middle Nature, as a classical African language that we that we can actually speak, and everything. So, um, yeah, that's that. Alrighty, and um, with that, you know, for those of y'all who are listening and um, have not done so already, please, uh, you know, like it or dislike it if you dislike the conversation. Uh, also, subscribe, you know, at the bottom. Um, and as far as uh, my book is concerned, you can visit my website at www.asarmhotep.com. Right now it's on pre-sale. Um, it releases again Saturday. Get it at the pre-sale price. And um, with that, I appreciate you taking your the time of your busy schedule on this weekday to uh, listen to us converse. And we wish you a good night. And we'll see you actually this Sunday. We'll be having a conversation with the University of Kemet Press authors um, who have written uh, a slew of, of good books uh, on various different topics, you know, from art to, to history, on the organization of research teams, 
and it's is these these uh, these elders have put together a good a, a good series of, of work that is necessary for us to take it to the next level. And so you can find you know uh, on my Facebook page uh, more information about that. Of course, if you are subscribed to me, you know that information will be shared to you automatically. Um, and so I look forward um, to y'all joining us this Sunday at four o'clock p.m. Eastern time. You know, with the authors and the publishers of University of Kemet Press. And so, with that, I say good night, Otep, to everyone uh, on the panel, and um, you know, let's keep the conversation going. All right, peace.